Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello, Dan. Hey, Will. Look, I'm in a mood today. I don't. Know, I'm just going to start with that. I don't know what. I don't know what sort of mood, but I'm in a tiny mood. But that's all Is right. Is it cranky? We've moved the set around. Yeah, it's not about that. But like, no, this thing it's is not cranky. Sometimes when I get in these, like, it actually makes for better content. So mm. strap yourself in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm ready to be offended. No, no, no. no. <laughs> You're going to come at me? Let's no, go. No, no, no. Not no, offended. No. Um, I mean, you've you've had to. Um, Make sure your scooter is folded and under your desk at work. I don't want to talk about it. Okay, that's fine. Um, you are riding. <laughs> now let's talk about around. it. Let's talk about you it. You are riding an electric scooter around. It's How's it been? elite. It is so good. You can thank still, me for that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I'm still waiting for you to get involved. What are you wearing while you ride it? So I got my lycra pants. Um, no, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> no, I got my elbow pads and knee pads. I'm joking oh. again. No, I literally wear shorts, a t-shirt, and a helmet. Okay. And um, backpack, you know, stuff to take to work. Headphones? Like music? No, no, no headphones. It's a short trip and yeah, I'd rather, like, I want to hear a car approaching me if it is. It's going to hit you at least you know you're going to die. Yeah, exactly. Prepare for it. Think about all the, my, um, the things Memories. I've done throughout my life. Love. Yep. Sorry. Look at this photograph. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, what's I going to tell you? Oh, yes. So today I rock up at work. Yes. And... I'm about to take the lift up. I'm not going to walk up the, the staircase with the scooter. It's you too can't. heavy. You no, can't. Yeah, it is heavy. That is the only, the downfall of the scooter is really heavy. Yep. But that's okay. You can I can lift it up a couple of steps. I get a knock. There's like a knock on a window, and I look over, and like the guy who's in charge of property works, like pointing, and I'm like, "What are you What are you trying to say? I can't hear him." And then he comes in. He's like, "Where are you taking that?" And I go, "My desk. I'm going to work." He's like, "No, no, no. Doesn't go upstairs. It's got to It's got to stay in the car park." He's speaking to you like that, like a principal. Yeah, I was. I felt like I was getting told off a bit. Oh god, he's a lovely guy. Okay, but there's a rule where you can't take your scooter. And like where I sit, no, there's no one else. Like it's so bare. Like there's my the colleague I work with. I play. I have a little spot that I park it. There's no problems. But no. Oh, I think you should fold it up and put it under your desk, like like a briefcase. No, because you know what, people everywhere will have bikes and scooters all throughout the office. Apparently, so. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, we don't, nah. want to start, we don't want to start the second global pandemic. We've gone through COVID. How yep. bad could it get? 
Yeah, I still work there, so I got to you know I'm okay. yeah I'm care, there to keep the peace. Welcome to back chat. Yeah, there we go. There's a little preamble. Um, back chat double underscore across socials. You can reach us there. We had look, we had a big moment on social media. I do want to touch on this first up mm. TikTok. Um, we're doing things over there. We don't mention it too much here, but it is a bit of fun we have over there. We put out as uh, our listeners will know why every team will win the grand final this year. Can win the 2022 yep. grand final, and we'll do three more teams this week. Great, Geelong. GWS. GWS. Hawthorne. Hawthorne. Okay, so we're getting into the G's and the H's in the alphabetical order, but we put mm-hmm. Collingwood's up. Yeah. Collingwood FC replied and liked what we were doing. Yeah, they said, I, I like your vibe. I mean, why wouldn't you? They're going to, you know, their favourites to win the wooden spoon. Of course they love it when a West Coast Eagles Western yeah. podcast sports show talks them up. Gives it to them. It was we a did nice have, moment, though. What I do like about those videos that we have been putting up is that people jump in the comments... And they think we're oh, idiots. Yeah. And it's great because More some people... Bigger idiots. Bigger idiots, yeah. Some people think we're saying these teams are going to win. Most people do. Yeah. What we're saying is if this team's going to win, this is how. Like, uh, this is how every team can win it. And yeah. I like to get back in the comments. Yeah, and well, you started the trend of re- replying. And it's mm. actually... It perked me up a bit because you can get into this bit of a death spiral on social media, whether it be TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. You know... Taking everything personally, but your your vibe actually picked me right up. It's very, yeah. it's very like, uh, you know, conciliatory. It's very. What's well, a bit sarcastic? It's, it's highly sarcastic. Yeah, it's yeah, hilarious, yeah. and yeah. I've taken that vibe on, and Good. it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So you can find us back chat double underscore. That's right. Uh, Sammy's not here to hear that one, but he's disappointed that we're still wrong with that. But bad luck, Sammy. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. That'll get you through to you, you send, send it. it. We read it. Sorry, we sort of stuffed that up, but you know what it is. Uh, YouTube. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. We did it on. You send it. And yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. YouTube. Um, yeah. It's been fun. Over six hundred subscribers now, so we yeah. appreciate everyone. Some steady following growth us over there. Mm. If you want to jump over there and follow us, uh, you can watch this. If you're just listening, and you think, "What are you blokes talking about every week?" Mm. Well, that's what we do. We've actually taped this. We've, we've, the studio looks beautiful, actually. Yeah, looks really nice. Really the good. other thing about YouTube is that, so this week we put up a video, um, this thing called We Do Back Chat Lates. Yes. Which if you listen exclusively just to the podcast, mm. you won't hear that because we don't put it up there. Back Chat Lates is sometimes things will happen. You and I get together just on our computers. We talk. It's, it's low budget. It's low tech. <laughs> but we get some content out there. So if you haven't heard those, just search Back Chat Lates. Join us on Patreon. Become mm-hmm. a patron of the podcast. Support it. Yeah, you like it. Um, support the podcast. We appreciate everyone that's jumped on board. Getting close to 150 patrons. Yes. I actually didn't think we'd ever get close to that. When we started that, I thought, oh, 10 or 20 people. Mum. Yep. Uh, Mum's sister, Aunty Helen. Um, a few other I've got members. an Auntie Helen too. Oh, hi, Aunty Helen. Uh, we thought we'd get, they'd get around us. Charlie, Charlie's mum, Charlie's dad, Charlie. Yep. Yep. Uh, but um, hi, Charlie, by the way. It's uh you, you are you are with uh, us today. How's it, how's it going? Yeah, yeah good, I'm mate. Good, yeah. good. Uh, unfortunately, Dad is not a Patreon. I'll have to correct that, but I'm working on it. Okay. <laughs> I know that Cartier's dad is David. Uh, I believe I've got that right. Big Davo. Yep, he's a patron. So, uh, are you guys recovered from your um, cocktail off last, last uh, week? I'm still angry. <laughs> I'm not happy still about it. <laughs> Very good. Just get better, mate. I'm still going. Okay, well, they'll be with us. Um, so you can join us on Patreon. If you want to do that, you can jump on backchatpodcast.com.au. They'll take you there. Uh, speaking of Patreon, mm. there's so many good reasons to be a patron. Mm. One, mm. you support the pod. We're stoked. Yes. We love it. Two, 
fantasy, getting involved in fantasy. We'll two grand final tickets. You want two grand final tickets? You might be want to be on Patreon. Yeah, you can sign up for our fantasy league, play that, which mm. we'll get into a little bit more. Yes. Three yes. beers with back chat, mm. which firstly I'll say you don't need to be a patron to come to beers with back chat. Beers with back chat has been a big, big part yeah. of inquiry. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh. Over the last couple of weeks. What's yep. going on? When March are we doing it? Where are we doing it? First. Oh, wow. You're jumping in. I was going to build it up a little bit more, but you're, you're going Let's go. To okay. why, why pussyfoot around it? March 1st. Tuesday night. Yep. You've had to book that one in. Yeah, yeah. Booked in, put it in the calendar. Uh, the best thing about that night will be our sweepstakes that we're doing. Okay. Can we talk about that now? No. Beers with back chat. We've had a little big build up. I mm-hmm. think you've absolutely just glossed over the fact that we have a date. Beers with back chat is happening. We have locked it in March twenty, uh, March first, Tuesday, venue TBC. TBC. We want to see if you're interested. Mm. If you want to come, it's not an RSVP. Well, it kind of is. If you say you're going to come, it and you helps don't come, us. It's all helps good. us know. Do we need to book Perth Arena or do we book just? A Three, do we bring che- three chairs into the garage? All options at the moment are open. Perth mm. Arena, I believe, is available Tuesday, March 1st. Yeah. So if you want to come, follow us on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We'll chuck a little poll on there, a little questionnaire if you want to come along to that. But that's happening then. Now tell me what's going to happen on the night, Dan. I'm sorry. We just sort of stumbled upon this idea mm. last week, the one, week man. before. Very good. Basically what we're going to do is we're going to place a bet on every team in the AFL to win the grand final. This is on the back a little bit of why your team can win the mm. AFL 2022 Premiership. Which I'm excited to hear about the next three teams, Hawks, yes. GWS, Geelong. Yes. We're going to place a bet on every team. You come along to Beers with Backchat. Yep. We'll do a little draw, a little sweepstakes. You have to be a patron to be involved in the sweepstakes. And you get a team. If you get Melbourne, Geelong, one of the good teams, good. you'll be stoked. You get Gold Coast, Collingwood. Maybe you won't be as impressed, but the odds will be higher. Yes. And, and we put the bet on. Yeah, we put Do the bet on. We put the uh, amount to be determined. It'll be enough to you know make ends meet. Even if Melbourne wins, who are the favourites, we'll yeah. still walk away with some money. It'll be very good and very excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be good. So we've got some more details to add to Biz with mm. Backchat, but Tuesday, March 1st, that'll be the date. Now, that's sorted. Yep. Happy with that? Yeah, happy with that. A little bit of a little bit of a round the world look at uh, things happening in sport. Yeah. Did you happen to see? We'll keep it local to start with. West Coast Eagles have a new mascot. Yeah, I don't know why. Mm. So what? That, what's the guy? What do they call it now? Rock. Rick the Rock. Rick mate. the Rock. Rick the Rock Eagle. Rick. So now they've brought in Rick and Rosie. Rosie. His. We don't know if they're sister, brother, sister, they're cousins, cousins, or their their husband, wife. Could be mum and dad. Could be. Oh, sorry. I guess they don't have to get married. They can. Yeah. Just, we don't know if they're romantically involved or if they're family. Do you think that Rosie um, identifies as a lady? Or I don't know. I guess they're probably having one of each, a guy and a girl. Okay, That's so there's Rick and Rosie. Doing. Yep. Happy with it? The announcement video for me was a bit odd. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see the necessity of having it. I don't know why. It feels like a box-ticking exercise. Well, West Coast haven't liked ticking too many boxes because they did miss the pride Guernsey in the AFLW. They didn't tick that box, did they? Maybe they thought this will help the situation by bringing <laughs> Rosie hey, in. you said it, not me, Dan. I <laughs> like it when you're in this sort of mood. Very good. I thought I was in the mood. <laughs> no, I mean, okay, there you go. Good it. luck, Rosie. All the best. Yeah. Michaela Moore, did you see this one? Oh, heartbreaking. Now, I don't... Like, because I didn't. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't really watch soccer and I don't really keep up to date with the international women's soccer. Okay. But USA are very good. One or two in the world. Yeah. They're good at most things in the States. Yeah. It's annoying. Anyways, uh, they were versing New Zealand. 
the first three goals of the match mm. scored by USA, but not from a USA player. All three goals scored by Michaela Moore. She scores a hat-trick in own goals. The first one in the fourth and a half minute. No. The second one in the fifth and a half minute, like a minute and a half later. Is that right, Charlie? It's very early on. They were all in the first 36 minutes. They were all no, in the first 36 minutes. 3-0. 3-0, all scored by Michaela Moore for New Zealand. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen it, New Zealand. Like you just go, you just go look it up. And she, the first one, she's like, oh, that's annoying. Second one, a deflection off of her into the goals. She's like, obviously, physically Third one, she's just Third picked one. it up. She's torped it into the top. <laughs> <laughs> she's so dejected. And they lose 6-0 or something like that. 5-0, yeah. 5 nil. sorry, 5-0. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, look, look, that's the sort of things we've I've been here on back to. I've scored an own goal in soccer before. It wasn't my fault, but I've scored an own goal Please in soccer. And I played for Balcata. Tell me about it. I was playing Indoor defense. Soccer? No, no, outdoor. I was playing for Barcada and, and the ball just came in. I tried to stop it. Came off my foot, went in the top corner. Very good shot. If I was if I was attacking, but I was defending. How did you feel? Pretty, pretty dark. But then at halftime, I remember my coach looked at everyone in the eye and he was just like, "It's not his fault. Don't everyone get around him. Like, don't like this is we need to win this game to make up for it." And he was like, who, very who, encouraging. Whose fault was it, Dan? Oh, I mean, who, who's? I tell you right now, I've been around a few coaches. No. He's, he's trying to make you feel good. That was yeah, your fault. Yeah, he is. That was yeah, your yeah. fault, Dan. 100%. And, uh, you know, I always saw myself as a leader of the club. And I stood up and said, boys, it's my fault. When it's bad, it's on me. When it's good, it's for the team. That's the sort of thing that I know one man would be very proud of. Dino yep. Const. Yeah. Now, a very Big fav- fan of mine in sports. Well, a very, I'm a big fan of Dino's because, <laughs> look, um, there's a lot of cogs that go into making this podcast. There's social. There's uh, putting the actual podcast and YouTube out. There's building studio. There's a lot of things, right? Mm. We spend a lot of time. But one part is, you know, speaking with our community, our audience, and replying yes. to comments, that sort of stuff. I started noticing a bit of uh, a thing where, I, I, first of all, I didn't actually realise who the user was, but very complimentary to your involvement <laughs> in this podcast, yeah. into this sports show. Yeah. I did a bit of research. Dino Const, very, very Was happy the research you did just look at his, the username, <laughs> which is Dino No, Const. well, like, once I figured it out, I then I did, did a, a filtered search of every... Yeah, you looked at all of his comments. ...every single comments. I have a feeling it's a combination of, of my mum and dad. But I appreciate the support, of course. Um, and, you know, they're very supportive. Would, but it's just, you know, it's just funny seeing it in, on, on a YouTube comment when that's the only one. Would, and you, it's like, would you like to hear some of them, Dan? Some of them are very, like... A, some of them are not really nice. The ones you hey, saw. This of... is great. The episodes just keep getting better. Well done. Yeah, good. That's great. a great YouTube comment. Another great show. Yep. Strong. Really good. Um, another fabulous show. Good luck, Daniel Venables. You are an amazing young man. Yeah. Another one. Great show. Yep. My next two favourites. <laughs> probably... I'll leave my favourite to last. Yeah, okay. Second favourite. So proud of you, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, see, that's Daniel. the sort of thing you get in a card or a, or a text, which is fine. Uh, but my favourite, and I truly love this, you are, a tr- you are truly a gentleman. So proud of you, Daniel. Yeah. Yep. Gentleman. That was... I love I it. Remember no, I remember... I actually love it. I sound like I'm Yeah, no, it's good. I love it too. Love it. No, it's good. It's good to have support. We love your mum and dad. Now, um, fantasy, um, yeah. back chat fantasy. This will be a big part of what we do this year. I spoke to Selby Lestier. Two-time winner of fantasy last night. It's just outrageous. He won 2017, 2018, two cars. 
He's asking me when's back chat and Moira's magic happening. Yeah, good. Moira's magic is his company that he runs. It's mm-hmm. a fantasy insider for anyone who wants to do well with that. So if you want to win the back chat Patreon fantasy league, we may have to get you signed up to that. So Selby, you'll be joining us over the next three weeks, some point in time. Very good. For a nice little significant little bump in what we're meant to be doing on fantasy. I definitely need his help. It's been that long since I played and I want to win the tickets. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, we've got a fantasy league. To sign up to it, you've got to sign up to Patreon, become a patron of the podcast. You can do that by going to our website, which is backchatpodcast.com.au. A little link will pop up. You can follow it that way, or you can follow any of the links in any of our socials, Instagram, they Twitter, all get there. TikTok. There's a little flashing, bobbling bar. You want to follow us that way? What's on the line, Dan? Two grand mm. final yeah. tickets. Oh, yeah. You got to win, be a patron, and you win two grand final tickets. Who else is giving away grand final tickets? We need to put a, guess, uh, together a list of like rules and laws, but you have to be a Patreon to win. That, that, that is number one. For the entire duration of the season. You need to be a Patreon. A patron. I st- oh, almost you, yeah, you, you have to be a patron for the entire season mm-hmm. to win the league. Yep. If you, if you, we'll know. All right? we'll, it's easy. We just look it up. Yep. And so Computer, control it, F. It's not Bill something you, yes. at the end of the year, give us five bucks because you missed Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, you missed June. There's no letters from mum to say, oh, he was going to do it, but he couldn't. Um, we've had a couple of requests on socials for maybe just a bit of help. So yep. Selby will be able to help us do that. But yeah, also, mm, might chuck some guides out on Patreon. So everyone who's entered will be yeah. able to access them. Just some little, this is how you log in. This will actually how yeah, you Yeah, this is where you lead. put the code. That sort of this stuff. This is how you build your team. Mm. This is what you might want to build your team with. We might get a little bit of depth. We can okay, do that. Good. I would ask Charlie to do it, but he hasn't entered the team yet. Charlie? It's it's coming. Don't worry. I haven't, you know, Cardi is in a better position than me. I don't have a name much yet. Better. Yeah, yeah, much better. Yeah. Much better. I don't yeah. have a name yet. All right. Well, we did we did figure out Cats. What, Cats, what, what was your name? Fat um, Cat. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah. As time's gone on... Yeah, very right. good. Uh, very that that will be fantasy back chat. Yeah. Um, we're looking forward to that now. I'm excited about this because yeah. I've been loving it every time we've done this. Yeah. So as you've said, why your team can win the 2022 grand final this year in the AFL has triggered a few people online because they see one and they think we're doing one. Well, you know what? We're sharing the love. So yeah. let's get straight into it. Geelong. Let me tell you why Geelong can win the 22. Let me tell you why Geelong can win the 2022 AFL Grand Final, Dan. Please tell me. Home ground advantage. Only Geelong win at Caninia Park. I don't know what it's called anymore. Skilled Stadium, HBF. Uh, the one with the roof uh, on it. Yeah. GMHBA. GMHBA. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Who, who knows, right? It could be called anything. Doesn't Science, matter. Can you do us a favour and sign a contract longer than a year with your sponsor, please? They play, they win, and they take a lot of money off their sponsor, whoever their name writes. <laughs> right? So... That's done. They yep. play eight games there, guaranteed. There's eight. Put them in the bank. Just win four more. You're in finals. You know, presto. Hey, presto. Wee. You know what else? Friend of the family, Tom Hawkins. Still big, very good. The big Tomahawk. Enough said. Do I need to say much? He dominates in the forward line. That's all good. Uh, it's a bit of a last hurrah for them. Mm. It, is, it, is, it is the time that Patrick Dangerfield hasn't won a flag. Yep. It is time for them to stand up. Enough's enough. They're a bit like John Farnham on his last tour. Mm. And every finals they've made in the last two or three, four years. They're one of the most successful sides in the last 20 Wait, years. What was the last year they won the grand final? 20... 
Honestly, it'd be about the same time John Farnham last toured Australia. Yeah, probably. But it feels like every year they're like, oh, yeah, we're coming back, we're doing it again. 2007. No, to that, no, 2011. Yeah. 2011. But it feels like they're, 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 they're there every time. Every year, yep. which is credit to them. Mm-hmm. But this is going to be the last time, just like John Farnham. He may still be touring as well. That's undecided. You, you know we're going to be having this exact conversation next season. Calm the cats. GWS. <laughs> yes. Let me tell you why. Greater the Giants. Western Sydney. Oh, there's a big, big sound of the... Of the da, 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 yeah. Do you know the words? Do I need to say any more? Is no, that no. about it? Is that why they're going to win? Come Stephen Canelio. Yep. In form is one of the best ball-winning midfielders in the competition. He will not have a camera crew following him around this year. Last mm. year, he had a documentary made about him and a few other players in the competition. Yep. He lost the captaincy. He was dropped. Uh, he was injured the whole year. I reckon they've figured out, don't put cameras around Stephen Cornelio. He returns to his best. And their midfield, Cali, Taranto, Cornelio, a few young blokes, they've got a ruckman now. Shane Mumford has been doing the best of his ability. Yep. He's 47 years old still <laughs> playing in the AFL. <laughs> They've, Shane's retired. Thank God. Uh, not thank God for him. I mean, he's had a great career, but thank God he's he's able to have a bit of a rest. Mm. Big Bruce. He's been around a bit, but now he's rucking for the GWS Giants, and we can just start giving them a little bit of service. Can I ask a quick question? A little bit of service. Have you ever been tackled by Shane Mumford? No. Not something I really want to do. I think it'd be brutal. Anyways, so, keep going. anyway, Shane's going to be sitting in the stands watching Bruce going about it. You know what Shane's going to be doing? Can we actually believe in them this time? Yeah, odds fifteen dollars to win. They're not far off it. All right, they will win. So if you pull them in the sweepstakes, you'd be stoked. I'm not joking around here. GWS for the win, baby. All right. Now, Hawthorne. Let me tell you about Hawthorne. Please tell me about Hawthorne. This is why the Hawthorne Hawks can win a flag. They're going to be coached to a premiership. Ooh. Right. Yes, they may have moved on Alistair Clarkson, one of the great coaches of the modern era, potentially all time. Yeah. They've, they've ended there. his contract prematurely, which, look, got to say, credit where credit's due. That's a big, Ballsy. big, big, big boy move, Hawthorne. Mm-hmm. They've brought in Sam Mitchell, son of the club, played here at West Coast, won a Brownlow medal for Hawthorne. He is going to coach them to a flag. He is the best coach I played under as a player. Um, yep, that's one of the reasons that, why they want you won the flag in 2018. Yeah, big reason. Mm. And there's lots of things that go into winning premierships, but he was a big reason. Another reason, Adrian Hickmott. He was mm. at West Coast coaching. You know who he's coaching this year? I believe it's the Hawthorne Hawks. He's been recruited to Hawthorne, so they got him, David Hale. They've got Robert Harvey. Don't know what he did as a player. Oh, that's right, he won two Brownlow medals. <laughs> so they got three Brownlow medals. They know how to play. Yeah. Do they know how to coach? I think so. So they will coach Hawthorne to a flag. I've got one more thing for you. This, yeah. is a, this is a big sell. This is what I did to Carlton. I think this is the Carlton of last week. Okay. Which I'm they've super got, high on. They've got young key position players, right? Mm-hmm. And good ones. Uh, Granger, Granger Barras has been drafted. Uh, Kaczynski's a good player. They've got some other good young key position players. Yep. And the last time they had some good young key position players... It's about 2008, I think. Um, who was it? Oh, that's right. Huge. Buddy Franklin and Jared Ruffhead. You know what mm. happened in 2008? You might remember from when Xavier Ellis got on this podcast. 
Did they kick 100 goals each or something? Oh, don't worry about that, mate. They won the flag. Premiership. Mate. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely won the flag. It's going to happen again. Look, am I saying the young kids right now like Franklin and Ruffhead? Yes. Yes, I am. Oh, yeah. Huge. Yeah, Hawthorne's going to win the flag. There we go. There you go. $67 to one. So you want that in the sweepstakes too? Yeah, I'll take that. You like that? I do. You like Hawthorne? Still highest than Carlton though. But. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, just to finish off this little bit before we get into a big guest we got this week. I'm, very, I'm very really excited, excited about this. Uh, Media Watch. I didn't want to yeah. let, let this go before we go. Now, um, this has happened a couple of weeks ago, yeah. but we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Simon Goodwin, premiership coach of the Melbourne Demons. Um, some things or reports started to surface about his... I guess behavior or his the way he operates interact with players. I don't know. He's co- uh, maybe he's coaching. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they were they were around drinking. Um. His behavior away from the football field. There was bullying being suggested. Mistreatment yep. of players. I just found the whole thing ridiculous. And you know who else did? You know who else did? Max. Mr. Gorn. Max Gorn. Yeah, the captain of the football club mm. found it ridiculous. And you know why he did? Because they won a flag last year. Yep. Now that's not that's not saying well you can behave how you like and win, yes. winning fixes everything. Helps a lot. But it can't look again. It doesn't excuse poor behaviour. But what I probably look at is the behaviour can't have been that bad. I don't. I don't. I, Didn't I don't help Justin think. Langer either. Yeah, you're right. Actually, but yeah. still, yeah, that's uh, that's that's actually direct. Yeah, that did not help Justin Langer. So the opposite thing happened to Simon Goodwin. The players rallied around him. That's the difference, yep. The players supported him. The players said, you know what, you took us to a flag, we didn't get behind you. So Max Gorn, I'll quote, I'm going to continue to have a beer with my boss and my coach and what we've learned over a couple of beers at the pub at our local at the time, maybe that's when we nutted out 2021 and were able to go on and do what we did. What did they do? They they won won a flag. Yeah, so like I couldn't agree with that more. The fact that... You can sit down, have a few beers, open up a little bit. You cannot deny that, look, no silly behaviour, not doing anything stupid. Having a few beers, you you drop a layer of defensiveness, whatever, a layer yeah. of your personality. A bit, bit of filter yeah. removal as well. And, and you can say, have some honesty. Say some honesty. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure, they were, I'm sure that's a, a thing, that they were able to figure some things out over a couple of beers. Mm. Simon Goodwin seems a big part about that. Best sides I've ever played in has been a big off-field... Drinking culture, it really has. Mm. And it's not that's not an abusive drinking culture. It's been liking everyone's company, being able to hang out with each other. So I found that run around just ridiculous. And look, I don't have anyone specific to call out, but I found that entire beat out by the media. Yep. That's on Media Watch this week. There you go. All right, that's about all I've got for us. Um, we're not going to do the other ones, Charlie. I know you're, just, you're trying to get me in there, but that's all right. That's all right. Um, that's Media Watch for you. Lewis Jeddah, you've yep. often said... The best player you've ever played with? Yes, I. What uh, one question? Two questions you get asked a lot. Um, how far can you kick? Really? <laughs> That's from kids. Yeah. But like, how far like, can you kick? Oh, pretty far. Right? Uh, <laughs> oh wait, can I tell you a story about that? No. Okay. Um, we're gonna wrap this up. Yeah, yeah true. No. Jets. I'll save it. The the question I get asked: Who the best player you play with? Now you got to remember, I'm not going to be able to say this in front of him. I probably will. Judd, mm. Brutus. A couple of Brownlee medalists. Ben Cousins, another one. Dean Cox, Darren Glass, Andrew Embley. John Worsfold was my coach. Josh Kennedy. Josh Kennedy, Shannon Hearn, Bo Waters. Bo Waters is in that discussion. Absolutely. Mm. All-Australian, vice-captain, big, big, big Run player. through a brick wall if you told him to. Yeah, correct. Uh, play with some good players. Mm. Lewis Jett is the best. Oh, 
and he joins us next. All right. Uh, I have been – I reckon uh, Peter Boll was was a dream to interview and not that – I mean, I don't have access to Peter Boll but I have access to this man and I've been very excited to have him on the podcast. So mm. I don't even – there's no introduction needed. Lewis Jetta, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here. How are you? <laughs> How are you, mate? Stoked. Yeah, not too bad for Monday night. You look, you look good. Oh, You're looking good. You keep him in shape. Staying fit. Um, sports every day. Really? Work pretty easy. What sports? Footy. Uh, footy, but my big passion was volleyball, indoor beach volleyball. Really? And I couldn't get into BMAX riding um, because it kept stacking it, so I figured <laughs> volleyball, sand. How are those little calves of yours coping with the jumping on the sand? Ah, it's actually good. It's actually probably the best recovery you can get, really? a physio, because being, when we was at West Coast, it used to be sand run, beach runs, hmm. stairs, so... Volleyball is kind of a win-win. You look good. It's good to have you here. Two-time premiership player, Dan. Two different teams. Highly successful at the top level. Mm. He's actually more than a two-time premiership player. Waffle premiership player. Yep. Uh, you want any other flags? Uh, yes, under 14s. Good. <laughs> against Harvey Bulls. Good. Uh, four. Playing four. Four. Um, when you put in basketball, three of those. Okay, good. And... Then you also add the Guaba Carnival in Bunbury, which is all the um, all Indigenous Carnival. Right. So it's a lot of skills and speed there. Okay, well, well, well that leads us nicely. So into he's a champion. That's, that leads us nicely <laughs> into the first question we ask every guest that comes on this podcast: the greatest sporting achievement that you've ever ever achieved. Now, okay, twenty eighteen premiership. Yeah, good on you. No one really cares. Yep. I want to hear about Lewis Jetta's greatest ever sporting achievement. Not. On the football field. What you got? Not on the football field. It would definitely be um, taking a trip to Hawaii and standing on a longboard and staying up for about 200 metres without yes. falling off. And the greatest achievement to that story is doing a handstand <laughs> and trying to do the same thing. That's huge. What, do you, what else do you want from the great man? Do we, should we what continue, can't you do? We, should we continue this podcast? Or oh, not? Thanks, man. Thanks for coming in. No, thank you. Cheers. See you guys. All right. So you're a longboarding champion. Should we call you Kelly Slater? <laughs> Lewis Kelly Slater? No, nah, not that far. Not that far. Um, I was watching some big wave ride of her mm. on documentary on Netflix. Um, Phil Reid? No. No. Kai, Kai Hurst? Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was watching his doco and... Absolutely loved it. Great, so. good. All right. What I'll happens? I just got to yeah. ask. What happens when you've ridden away for two hundred meters? Where you you got to paddle back? Yeah, you got to paddle back. It's the longest way ever. Um, <laughs> Your little arms. Yeah, my arms are dead, so I had my head down, just paddling. It's like looked up and like, wow, there's another two hundred meters to go. I'm not realizing I'm paddling, and the waves are pushing me back. So I almost quit surfing that day. I want to. Um like we've had, we've done a few podcasts together, lots of chats on and off the beers, um, spent enough time around each other to know each other's stories. But I want to kind of do a bit of a deep dive into your little journey. Yep. I want to start at the beginning. Footy, like where did where did footy start for Jets? Was it coming to your life late? Were you kicking the footy around a two year old? Well, no, nah, footy, uh, footy came in the winter. Uh, so it was basketball, summer, winter, footy, and How it did. I remember playing my first game at five years old. Denim shorts, Guernsey, um, no shoes. Denim shorts. Playing Let's bring um, them back for the NAB Cup. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> playing at Kelly Park um, down in Bunbury. So that was, I still remember my first goal as well. So just forward pocket. Had like three kicks. Kick one goal. No. Is it, is you, it a sauce kick? 
Yeah, it would have been Oz kick. Yeah, but no shoes. You, you, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you weren't drafted as an eighteen-year-old. No, I was drafted as twenty. Why? Because um, I reckon, or in eighteen, I went to the state, but they realised I was fucking small, tiny, so they went with Harry Taylor instead. Really? Yeah, Geelong was the best bet, but um, they chose Harry Taylor instead, and I just went back home. So you stayed in the waffle as a seventeen, eighteen-year-old. You yeah. want a, you want a flag the year you got drafted? No, so in um when was it? Oh seven, played in the Colts grand final. Yep. Lucky to stay in the actual side because the state boys came back. And this is when, you know, Alex Rance, Chris Yarens, Jeffy Garlitz, Michael Walters, Nick Nat, all of these boys was coming back from state and your team stacked. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. I think out of the twenty two players, twenty got drafted. <laughs> and I was the unlucky one. <laughs> so, um, yeah, after the following year, 2008, um, went up to reserves and didn't worry about it. Played down in Southwest, um, down in Bridgetown. Travelled, um, played there Saturday, come back up and play Sunday. So, Did you? Two games in one weekend. Where? Yeah. But that 2017 was probably the best memory I can think of because it was a grand final Saturday with Swans. And everyone wanted to... Party, after party, sweet. But me and Neville Jetta, we was like, no, we've got another grand final Sunday. <laughs> we had to go back down to Bunbury and play on Sunday in the grand final. So Neville Jetta, Melbourne, Neville yep. Jetta, cousin? Yep. yep, first cousin. Um, Did you play a lot of footy with your family growing up? Like brothers, yeah. I know your brothers, you got cousins. Yep, so pretty much our our family's huge. My dad is one of 15 and my mum is one of nine. So our family's just ridiculous. Wow. And I just remember... Our footy team has just been our first and second cousins. So it's <laughs> that was basically it. We literally had our footy team of cousins. <laughs> like four divisions. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. So that was, that was the biggest memory growing up playing footy. But as we got serious, me and Nev decided to move to Perth um, or try to get to Perth. So I was training three nights a week, travelling, leaving school, and then playing on the weekends. Mate, I, I want to bring this one up pretty early and hopefully you're all right talking about it. I did chat with you before. So... This is from a listener who knew you were coming on. We put it out for social media. Who we yep. will wait, you, you know, that's a very... Scotial. You know about <laughs> social media. So um, I haven't written who this is from, but it was a great message. It says, hey, lads, I'd love to hear Jetta's experience with his dad being yep. part of the Stolen Generation. Yep. Um, I'm not sure if he feels comfortable talking about it, but I remember watching an interview with Neville we are just talking about. Um, I, I, that's, who we're talk- that's who he means by Neville, right? Yeah. Or, yep. Yep. In that interview, he talked about his parents and uncles and aunties being part of the Stolen Generation. Was blown away by well, a, rem- a reminder of how recent this really was. Found out, I found it so educational. Really opened my eyes to sharing this with people. I think it's really important to be shared. But I completely understand if Lewis doesn't want to talk about it. Um, yep. Mate, talk, talk to me about that because that's something I've never spoken to you about. Well, yeah, I can speak on of a like a parent point of view. Yeah. Um, it was well back in the day. It was that was the law. The the law was if Aboriginal children are not doing well, the police can come and pick them up and take them and put them in schools and stuff. And not knowing they're actually kidnapping kids um, from a perfectly good home. So my dad, my dad and like Neville said probably in his interview, um, my dad and my brothers and sisters um, was taken away at a very young age and not brought back to when they was like 15, 12 years old. So they missed all their childhood together with their parents Um but I remember my dad taking us out to a little town called Dulacan where I used to live and literally showed us the place where they got taken. Um, and 
at the time you didn't realize and but when you left you like being a parent myself all of my cousins that has kids we just literally broke down in tears because we couldn't imagine you know our kids getting taken away and we not being able to do anything about it it was literally the law so um you know my uncle um graham taylor uncle swag he literally explained um you know, if I was at the front of their house playing, uh, Nan and Pop went into the house, came back, and the kids were all gone. Ran around the street looking for them, but they were literally gone. And my dad always says, um, so I think it's on the corner of Walcott and Guildford. Yeah. So, you know, you got the TAFE there. That used to be the homes where they used to be. The kids? Um, yeah, all the kids used to be taken there. So that's where my dad stayed. Um, they still have the same building there, but they just turned into a like a TAFE course sort of place now. Um, and where the lighthouse used to be, all those parks there, that's where my dad used to stay, run away from all these areas. Um, also went as far as contanning. So, um, but there's a, there's a lot of, like my dad, there's a lot of parents in that generation that was taken away all over WA, all over Australia. So not only for parents, but the, ki- the kids themselves. So yep. your parents' parents, but then... Your parents, who yep. were the kids at the time, like how do you, how do you actually reconcile that? Like, is it is it something that is able to be not accepted, but like, does that ever go away? No, it definitely doesn't because one of my dad's brothers, um, he still has the same effect with his, you know, with his daughter, and he was always on the alert. You know, can't do this, can't do that. In in some way. She felt trapped, but in a way, in his eyes, he's like, I'm too scared to leave you of what happened to me. So it's still happening now, and he's still the same with his grandchildren now. He's too scared to, you know, I'm not scared, but he's afraid that, you know, it might get taken away or something. Do you think that um, that entire process in Australian history, was that a a break in culture for Indigenous Australians? Yeah. Is there a danger that, that parts of... Your ancestors doesn't get passed down to you yep. and yep. your kids, and because of that moment in history. Yep. Well, the last person that um spoke like Noongar language clear, just like we speak in English, he passed away, and he was the most fluent speaker out of our family. And for us Noongar people, we we lost that tradition. We only starting to learn it now. And myself, I rarely know it. My dad knows a few words and stuff, but. You know, like our kids now, we can't really teach them because we don't know. It's been taken away from us. As where, if you go up north, that culture is very strong up there still, and they can still speak it, like with their first language, and English is their second. So, compared to someone like me, though, or any other <coughs> non-indigenous player that you ever play with, you always came across to me as someone who was like highly connected. Like, not I'm not talking about to the land or anything in particular but like all all facets of your life like yeah to the land but family and and to your kids and to footy and then even like on the footy field like things would happen where you would be the only person that knew what was going on yeah <laughs> like kicks you used to do and you know running and bouncing and just just things like moment i think about your career and moments that happened that I don't, I don't think about anyone. I say regularly the best player I ever play with because things happen that I just never saw with anyone else. If, can I trace that back to like the indigenous aspect and like the culture? Do you think like that plays a big part in it, or is it just like how how you are? I think it's just it's a bit of both. Yeah. I reckon um, for me, it's 
I see life very slow. <laughs> like I'm able to slow things down and see it very clear when everything is moving so fast. But I don't know, in the indigenous side of it, it's I'm not too sure how, how it happens. It's just... Because it's not just you. Like mm, you, you do, there's a lot of... just guys around the, the league. Yeah. Everyone who's listening would know that things happen with indigenous forwards, with backmen, with midfielders that you just like... What's going on there? Like, it's like we it's like we see three steps before it's going to yeah, happen, yeah. and it's it's weird because sometimes even in life, driving down the street, you can see something happen before it happened. Does was it that Final Destination movie? <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, oh no! <laughs> so it's like yeah, it's similar to that. It's like you, it's just like intuition. Yeah, and it's and it's weird, but it, in a good way, it's very helpful. Yeah, it's cool, mate. I appreciate you talking about that and sharing a bit of that. Yeah. Um, it's like I certainly never heard it, heard you speak about it. And probably like that. I mean, this is probably me being naive, not knowing the, the full story with it. But I wasn't on the impression. I don't know if it's happened every time that that parents would just come out and see their kids gone without knowing. Like you know, in my mind, I imagine people knocking on the door. Sorry, we're taking children. But and for your grandparents to then have just all of a sudden kids missing is yeah. Hectic. And I always think back. My nan and pop, they had 15 kids. So yeah. it's not like you're going to notice one. They was all very close. But my mum was very lucky. My um, my pop and nan on mum and dad's side, on mum's side, they, they they ran away on a horse and cart and took all the kids. So that was, that was lucky. But um, my dad's side wasn't so lucky. So Jets' mum, beautiful lady. She's she, I, I remember uh, 2018 doing a lap. Uh, last training session in Perth, and so a big crowd, like yep. big, like twenty thousand people down there, huge. Yeah. Um, and somehow I found her and ended up having like a thirty minute <laughs> conversation. To her. It's so weird when you see a ran- like you know noble face in a random place, and there's so much people, and you just notice it. Oh, it was so <laughs> good, like mate. <laughs> it was so good. So okay, so like, let's bring it back to footy. So you were drafted to Sydney as yep. a mature mature age recruit. Um, skinny, still skinny, but you were skinny when you got to Sydney. I was 62 kilos, <laughs> full of oh, muscle. Yeah. Skin and bone. Oh, yeah. It was like just skin and then just skin. a couple of bones, kneecaps, elbows, that was it. What was that like? So Swan Districts, you lived in Bunbury, you've, you've yep. moved up to play footy in Perth and then you moved to Sydney. Like that's nothing like Perth. No, well, leaving Bunbury to go to Perth for a year with Graham, my older brother, it was, that was a big move because we... Well, I didn't have my license. I was cruising around on a train, riding my bike to work, training. That was big enough for me, and I had to learn really quickly to grow up. And once I got that call um, that I'm going to Sydney, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> 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 Moving to the biggest bloody city in Australia. What the hell? Yeah. But once I got there, um, I was roomed with Shane Mumford, Campbell Heath, and Byron Summoner, who I found out Byron Summoner's from Adelaide, but we're the same mob, and in, apparently he was my uncle. So... It made wow. made things a lot a lot more smoother. <laughs> you know, you know how you always hear everyone's uncles and everyone, yeah. everyone's cousins. It actually makes sense with yours. You got like twenty five. <laughs> 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 uh, how did like, you even stumble upon that? Uh, know, I have back family tree or something. And well, my dad, my dad is very good at our family tree. He knows so much about our family tree. It's ridiculous. I tried to write it down. He said, "No, nah, go grab some spray paint, put it on the wall." And we'll start then. I was like, you sure? Is that, you know we can write it small. Nah, nah. You need a wall to do it. It's too big. Wow. Um, so you go to Sydney from the footy element. I uh, I asked a good friend of our family at Backchat to give me the best Lewis Jetta stat. 
Now, the best Lewis Jetta stat is at the bottom of this, but the top part of this, Lewis Jetta holds the record for the most behinds kicked before scoring a goal. Yep. 19, 19 behinds before finally kicking career goal number one. Now, I want to finish this because it ends in a beautiful way. Only kicked one goal in 2018, the one that gave West Coast the lead late in the fourth yep. quarter of the qualifying final versus Collingwood. So, full circle, would you rather kick one goal after 19 behinds in a season or would you rather kick one goal to win a qualifying final in a premiership season? All right, can I be real, real honest? Yes, please. The first goal, would I would have to go with the first goal. The only reason <laughs> is because after the game... Some media guys offered me pillows. What do you mean? <laughs> they offered me pillows. Take photos of this and we'll give you a pillow sponsor. <laughs> and I said, no, I'm not doing that. It's just a first goal. Now I think back, I should have took the fucking sponsor. Pillows, bro. Imagine if you're still pillow. on pillow sponsorship. Oh, that would have been the best thing ever. What, what was the, Can you remember the brand? I can't remember the brand, but the guy gave me the pillow. I said, take a photo for sponsors. And I looked at the media guy at the time. I couldn't remember who it was. And she took it off me. <laughs> and I was like, now I think back. Fuck, I should have held on to that pillow. To put this in perspective, I kicked 22 goals in my career. Jets has had 20 shots in one season, yeah. right? 19 shots. Remember them being a lot of set shots? Uh, All types. Yeah, that was, t- I reckon, about even. So for the, for the year, it was one goal, 21. But on that day, it was 19 behinds, first goal, and then I kicked another three behinds. <laughs> was that one goal set shot? Uh, no, that was, believe it or not, it was a banana. On an angle, right foot, running I believe, in. I believe it. I, I don't know why I just didn't straighten up or just do a <laughs> drop kick. I had to make it real difficult and do a banana and uh, kicked it almost out of the stadium. I know why you did. You had <laughs> missed 20 in a yeah. row. <laughs> the easy shots. I'm sick of missing the easy shots. You kicked 37 goals the year, more than 37 goals a year after. Uh, 40, 45 in 2012. Yeah. yeah. That was your big. That was your biggest. That year. was the next year, right? That, uh, that was 2011 or was that 2010? 19. 12. 2012 yeah. in yeah. the premiership year. Yeah. So I beat Goodsy. So if you're watching Goodsy. <laughs> <laughs> what, so what happened? What clicked? I don't know. A good preseason. I came back. So start of 2012 preseason, I came back and ran a 3K time trial. and which, it was is a, a, which is a good thing to start with that you ran it. Yep. I literally ran it on a cross country. It, was ridic- it wasn't around an oval. There was no grass. It was gravel road, hills, footpath. Muddy roots, half oval. That was it. And some guys were still running nine thirty, ten, and old Jet Boy is just plugging along twelve minutes thirty, which literally everyone finished, and I'm still going. They start, I think they started packing up the shit, <laughs> and I'll just finish. And all I can remember seeing is Stewie Maxfield talking to John Lombard and just saying, "All right, Stewie, he's yours for the preseason. Just get him fit." So I missed a lot of sessions, but. Stewie Maxfield got me really fit. Really? And mm. so your fitness took that into the season, kicked yep. over 40 goals. I mean, that's huge. It's premiership season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And so you played as a forward that whole year? Wing. Did you? <laughs> wing. You didn't kick 40 goals from the wing. Yeah, played wing and a little bit of half forward. So you mentioned Adam Goods. Um, there's some sort of moments that stand out for me to do with you and him. Um, to talk to me about... Your and his relationship because he would have been a senior Indigenous guy in the city yep. team, and you were really young, up and coming young yep. Indigenous guy. No, he was like um, or is your relationship? He was like a big brother. He made it so much easier for me over there. Um, but the one thing that I do remember the most was going to his place for pasta, and just going straight to his kitchen table, sitting down and doing the jigsaw puzzles. 
he always had a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle and every time I go over there I'll find five or six pieces and then after dinner find another six really? and take off. But now he's he was literally a superstar over there walking around Bondi. It's ridiculous. And being a rugby background city, I couldn't believe it how much people noticed him. But I guess when you really look at it, he was huge in the community as well. Especially for the indigenous people over there. He spent so much time in the community, which was a big thing. So um, a big moment, you know, in my mind was uh, effectively why Adam Goods has stepped away from the AFL now in mm. hindsight. Um, he was uh, copying a lot of criticism publicly. Um, yep. Fans were booing him. Um, for what reason, don't know. I think I played on him in this game, actually. Um I remember, I do remember playing in the game, and you, you were getting a little bit fiery. You were playing for Sydney at this stage. You were over in Subi. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know who won. Doesn't really matter. But was it an Indigenous round, or, or did you? The reason no. I ask because in that game, Sydney v West Coast, um, Jets was a bit, a little bit fiery, which we like when Jets gets a little bit fiery. <laughs> Jets kicked a goal and did a war dance yeah. towards the West Coast crowd. Um, Little did you know, or maybe you did know, you'd be at West Coast the next year, which I find hilarious. And kicked the goal in the same pocket. <laughs> <laughs> did you fake it? I think you faked. Did you do a little fake? Like, uh, yeah, yeah from, I did. reckon I did. From <laughs> yeah, you did. But bring, bring it back. So that, that moment, you do that war dance as a young Indigenous guy out of support for Goodsy. Is that yep. how that works? Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. Um, because a lot of people, when we played Colton... Um, over at SCG, they didn't realise that we were speaking to the flying boomerangs. And these are a bunch of young Indigenous kids that all over Australia form one team and represent Australia overseas against all other countries. So this is the dance you did when it was Sydney Carlton and there yep. was a bunch of you that did a bit of a dance after a goal, right? Yeah, yep. So we, all through our week, the flying boomerangs came to the um, oval training and showed us their dance. And me and Goodsy promised, like, the boys, if we kick a goal, we'll do your dance. Huh. And... Lucky for Goodsy, it was him, and that's that's pretty much it. So you would have come from, you would have come off the bench to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I was too far away. <laughs> I think I was caught in a backline. Right, so Goodsy does a dance to them. Yep, and just representing all the young kids. Yeah, but other people took it negative and bad. And was that the same game that uh, he had someone removed from the ground? No, the so game? that was. That was, I'm pretty sure that was later in the year or the following year. Yeah. So that was uh, Collywood. So, okay, so bring that back. Um, Goodie does the dance. We, you play West Coast at Subiaco. You do yep. the dance. Yeah. How did it feel? It was beautiful. Yeah, I was just hoping. The best part was I took a mark on Lacroix. <laughs> and it's hard to take a mark on him. <laughs> what was he doing? I don't know. What, back line what is he doing in lost. the back pocket? I think the run, raceway was right there. He's trying to get off. <laughs> but, um... Took a mark on him, and once I went through, I just got sick of the booing. I got mm. sick of it because people would, half the time didn't know what I was doing, what they was booing about, and some of it was a bit confusing because it, don't know if they was being a, a good player or the racial side of it. So I just got sick of it and did my war dance. Yeah, and you were a young guy then. You were you, yeah. weren't, you weren't this senior player that was you were yep. early twenties. Right? Yeah, I was early twenties, twenty probably twenty one, twenty two. Yeah. But I do remember, I don't know why, but I was so angry. <laughs> the next play, ball goes into the Eagles forward line and run past Yoey and just drop him with the elbow in the back. I don't want to get it. He, get, he gets Yoey. mad. <clears throat> he gets mad and then Bunga comes over <laughs> and starts wrestling. 
<laughs> and then I, I'm not too, I'm not too sure if it's true or not, but I think maybe Simo said <laughs> to Prita, boys, don't wrestle with him. Don't wrestle with him. He wants to come over this day. <laughs> I heard that rumour going around. I'm like, is that true? Because <laughs> I, I reckon there was rumours at this stage. This was his last year at Sydney this happened. Yep. And, uh, and a little message came out. Like rough him up, but don't rough him up too much. Yeah. We kind of we kind of want him to get over you. That was a bit yeah. like what, what happened with you and and Tim Kelly. Didn't you go at him the last game at Geelong? And yeah, but that's because you knew he was coming over. Well, that was happening right because the year yeah. before that that never went down, and so we knew that it'd be a big thing. And so, and Jets was playing that game, and Jets knows what I'm like as a player. Like yeah. never personal. Uh, never personal. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a plastic. I'm actually pretty plastered off the field, yeah. right? Sort of. A little bit. <laughs> uh, but, like, he was dead enemy. Like, he was one of their best players. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, hey, mate, I can't, I can't wait to have you on our team next year. <laughs> yeah. I went at him as hard as possible. And yeah. then they won. And I went I went straight up to him at the end of the game, shook his hand, and I apologised. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you know, you know my, you're my boy now. Because, I mean, we were done. We were out. Yeah, so yeah. I got you now. But, yeah, I went hard in that game. And yeah. he played well. So It's ridiculous. Because they got... Who'd have had Ablett and Selwood, but he was a top guy. Yeah. Getting all the ball. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. So, I mean, it, did, it was obviously didn't damage the trade, did it? So, um, we get... Uh, you win a flag, 2012, at Sydney. Yeah. Young guy, flag. What's that experience like? Well, it was amazing because all through the year, the coaches was drawing up plays for me, and I'm just this young kid who just loves to run with the ball. So, we literally um, invented the paddock, the slingshot. <laughs> Which was what? You get high. So Goodsy, Sam Reed get up. I get up and just muck around in the back line and then I just bolt straight forward and the boys just kick it forward. So that play with Cyril chasing down the down the Oh wing. that was just made up. <laughs> that was just made up. I just got to Heath Grundy and I was like, Reg, just give it here, just give it and just took off running. He's like, Cyril's coming, go. I'm like, yeah, he knew he knew it was All right, Cyril. all right. Yeah. Once I had a little glimpse, that's why I ran towards Goodsy, but I knew he wasn't gonna do nothing because he wanted to see it as well, I reckon. So but it it was it was one of the highlights of that. Only reason I kicked it is because bloody Sean Berger and the old bastard, he he cut the angles. That's the only reason I would try and run the whole field. You know what slow old boys do, mate. They, they cut, cut the angles. angles. <laughs> Best Corellas in the game. And, it, and he looks so fast cutting the angle too. Um, so Sean Berger and Cirelli, Lewis yep. Jetta out in the wing in the grand final. You win that. Uh, do you remember much of it? Yeah, because. I kicked it to Craig Bird, and he had Josh Gibson, Gibson, and some other guy. He had two on him. I'm like, why didn't I just drop it low? There was someone in front of him that was leading. I couldn't remember who, but I just kicked it long to two on one. Winning a flag so early, and then with yep. hindsight of winning a flag late in your career, uh, did you appreciate it enough as a young guy, or was it just sort of something that happened? And you, um, how, did you how did you feel about looking back on it now? Looking back on it now, it was I was that, just that, in, that premiership. So the Sydney one was just in a moment. I was. Didn't expect it. I, like most young guys coming in the system, just get to train and impress. Don't do anything wrong. And once that first one came around, cracking to the team, I knew I was going to play because I was a senior player playing Waffle, and that's what they literally told me. So I was like, all right, I'll just try staying stay in the team. And it was, you know, touch and go for a little bit. 2011, in and out, sub rule came in, got caught, super sub. Good. Come in for a quarter. Good. But I've been running after the game. But <laughs> that 012, when I came back in bad shape and Stewie just literally absolutely slaughtered me mm. in Moore Park, um, that kind of set me up for the whole season. Mm. And once I started finding my feet, getting the ball more, running with the ball, 
getting more than three kicks, five five touches. Um, the game plan started to go around, you know, using the speed and smart boys. And once we got into the finals, me and Goodsy just literally looked at each other and like, all right, here we go again. Here yeah, we go. It's a late. And, yeah, I, I still think about it now. Like, I watch – me and Junior watch highlights now because Junior's into it right now. He's huge and he just watches highlights. He's like, Dad, you remember this? I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then we sit there and all the memories, like, come back like that yesterday. So you got traded uh, at the end of 2015. Yep. Right? So you didn't play in the losing grand final for West Coast? No, but I played for Sydney the year before. <laughs> you played in the losing grand final? Yeah, 14. Um, how does that experience drive you? Well, i got to thank uh, Big McAvoy for that one because I ran into him and knocked myself out. Wow. <laughs> and then I came back out. Uh, I think that was in the second quarter. Came back out and was 60 points down. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so I was so like... pretty much no Jetta, no Swans? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, <laughs> nah, it was... I don't know. It was... Something felt off from the start. Um, it felt like... Because we literally had a super team. We had Goodsy, Buddy and Tippett at our forward line. And nothing else was changed throughout the year. And Hawthorne had literally the same side. Only Brian Lake, I think they bring in. And maybe maybe Spanger. Yeah, Spang. I think Spang might have played that one as well. But apart from those two, they were literally the same side. Yeah. But they just came out more harder, aggressive. And we wasn't ready for that. Yeah. So you get traded at the end of that year. Or sorry, 2015 out of 2015. Yep. Um, were you homesick? Were you... Wanting to come home? No, no, I absolutely loved it over there. Only reason I came home was um, my kids was growing up too quick. They was literally growing up. And before I knew it, they was already in school. I'm like, fuck, I've got to get home here. <laughs> I've had enough here. Six years in Sydney is long enough. And when I left, it wasn't, wasn't no bad blood. It was literally a family. I went over there. They treated me well. Um, and I can still go over there to these days and walk in the club and still feel at home. But when I left, it was... Like it was a new beginning. It was felt. It just felt right, and I couldn't come back to Frio. They offered a second round pick, so I went. Or I going to West Coast? <laughs> so was that a chance, Frio West Coast? Like yeah, either one. It weighed up a couple. Yeah, but they you offered second you round. Look shocking in purple, man. Nah, purple. I will only play the ones Charlie. where they all wear the white. Charlie, Charlie, out <laughs> here. He's a very big fan of Fremantle Dockers. Would you like Jets in the? Uh... I would have absolutely loved to have seen that. If they wore the green uniform or the white uniform, I would have. But. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to bring Purple. it back. <laughs> Purple. <laughs> I've got to ask about, I'm speaking of Guernseys, um, 32 yep. at Sydney, and then you made the change to 23 at West Coast. So why, um, so Simon that I, uh, I mentioned <laughs> you before, he was, he was repping 32 at the time when you came over. Simon yep. Tunbridge. Simon Tunbridge. Um, was that number important to you um, before you moved here and, and wanted to keep it? No, um, I literally chose 32 um, because my older brother, Peter, played in Southwest and won four premierships. So I was like, all right, I'll choose 32. That's a lucky number. So that's the reason why I chose it over there. And when I came back, I saw Tunnels wearing it, and I couldn't believe number 23 was available. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Was Glassy, Glassy must have just finished up. I think he retired the year before. Yeah. And that came out, I'm like, all right, yep, yeah, 23 it is. It couldn't be more perfect. So I went, it was 32 over there, Shaquille O'Neal. And then MJ over here. MJ. No, no LeBron for those fans. <laughs> is that ever uh, is, is that ever like a conversation? Because you know when a veteran player moves clubs 
and they've got their number, they've had it for that many years. Is there any, you know, because Simon, I think at that point, had played three games over a few years, or maybe five games over three years. Is there anything like, all right, this is, this is my number, like give it up? I can't remember ever anyone that ever happening. No. Handing over a number to someone else? Not like, nah. Not purely because they played too many games. Or, or, I, or even like a swap. Like no one's ever, like I want, you know, you're, you know, Masto's in seven, I want seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's a bottle of um, beautiful whippersnapper whiskey. Yep. Um, which we haven't really spoken about, but just some of the best whiskey you'll find mm-hmm. around whippersnapper. I haven't mentioned it just because I'm drinking and just enjoying it so much. <sighs> yeah. yeah I, so, I, so I don't no think one's happened. All right, there you go. Yeah. No, I just didn't know if that was a, a a move, but if I mean, if MJ is available, you take that. Oh, 100%. You're a 100%. West Coast fan growing up? Yep. Yep. So you had some you had some well, you had some good moments for Sydney, but you had some big moments for West Coast. Um to name a couple that come to mind for me. You won you won a game that I don't know if many people remember it. I certainly do. The last game we played at Subiaco Oval. Yeah. Against Adelaide. Yeah. So it was a bit of a, a weird scenario. You had to – we had to beat them by 23 points or 22.7 points. Yeah. Sorry, no, it was a moving percentage. Yeah, right. It, it was on percentage to get into finals. Well, the last round of the season was the last game of the year, last game and of Subiaco, and we were winning coming – we were up by about four goals at three-quarter time. Yeah. And yep. it was kind of moving. It was a moving scale. Yeah. And we had to win by a certain amount of margin. But if they kick goals, like we obviously, it had to get yeah, bigger kick, to get the bigger percentage. So I think from Melbourne, from memory. Yeah. So it was Melbourne was wanting us to lose to get yeah. them in the finals for the first right. time yeah. for in they, a while. They had a big watch party. Yeah, yeah. So because um, I remember this. That would have been a shocker. An absolute shocker. Nev watch. rang me up before the game. Or he texted me. He said, please lose so I can play finals. You had yours. <laughs> Because I would have all been sitting there on the waters watching the game. Went down to the final quarter, final five minutes. Ten minutes to go. Uh, Charlie Cameron, playing for Adelaide at the time, now at Brisbane Lions. Quick, quick man. Bloody fast. The ball gets kicked into space, just like it got kicked in front of Lewis Jetta and Cyril Rioli on the grand final. Perhaps more at stake here because, and I mean that seriously. Now, I know it was a grand final, Hawthorne, Sydney, but West Coast... They they built this game up to be like we were going to beat Adelaide. They they weren't a good team that year, yeah. and we were fighting for eighth spot in the ladder. Not that we were amazing, but we should have beaten them. They built it up as this year. We're going to win. We're going to make finals. And like the last ev- game in Subi, yeah, everyone mm. was there to watch yep. this game and watch us win. And they'd kicked a goal, and they were coming to get within a certain point range that would have left us out of finals. The ball gets kicked out on the wing. Picture exactly the same circumstance as when it got kicked out in front of Jets, but it gets kicked out in front of Charlie Cameron, and Jets has given him about 15-metre head start, I reckon. Yep. Jets runs the entire length of the wing. We're going to put some footage under this because it's yeah, one right. of the best things you'll ever see. And Catches remember, him. it's almost a 10-year age gap. Correct. <laughs> You're getting old. I had a lot of days. silvers on my chin. <laughs> gets to him as he kicks. He kicks it on the full. Jets gets it, kicks it in board, one of his miraculous kicks that he always does. Uh, a bit of play in the middle, and then has a moment, like another moment he does, where he intercepts a ball, taps it, grabs it, spins it, bounces it, right foot banana, goal, to to end the entire era of West Coast Eagles at Subiaco with a win and into finals. That was Lewis Jetta. Huge. Correct. Yep. That is one moment. Second moment, qualifying final Collingwood. Scoey watching from the stands because he doesn't get picked. Shock. <laughs> Shock and awe. <laughs> uh, 
the, this moment comes in the game, and this is what I was talking about earlier with a connection to seeing the game unfold that um, some people don't have the ability to do. And this is when I speak about Jets in public and people say, who's the best player you ever play with? And I say Lewis Jetta because, yes, I play with Chris Judd. Yes, I play with Ben Cousins. Yes, I play with Matt Prittis. Yes, I play with Dan Cox. What have they oh, done? Yeah. Well, they've done plenty. Yeah. But <laughs> there's been plenty of Ruckman. Coxie's probably the best to ever do it. There's been plenty of midfielders. Chris Judd, Matt Prittis, Ben Cousins, probably the best to ever do it. But in terms of people that I've played with and just things happen that no one else, I've never seen anyone else do, this man right here did. And this Collingwood game, qualifying final, we lose that game, we don't win the grand final. No, no doubt about it. So we're talking about things that happened in the game that let us win the grand final. Well, this is a moment that it was, which was ball coming out. Um, Jets is hedging his bets between two players. There's... And I hope you don't mind me telling this story because no, you no. probably have a good you know, point of view on it, but I'll just tell it. You tell it like Magic Johnson tells yeah. a story. <laughs> a lead. Yeah. There's two players apart. Jets has a choice between staying on his man. So at West Coast at that time, we were pressing in defence. We were to help each other out. He made the decision to press off his man. I think it was Crisp in front of you. I think that's the guy you cut yeah. off. You pressed 30 metres got there with the long, long fingers that he has, had half his fingers, tapped it, kicked it, gold it, game, Cristiano Ronaldo, you know the celebration. You know, They're two games you've won by yourself and no, not one person that I play with my career. Chris Judd's not making that press, I'll tell you that right now. Matty Prudis, Brownlow medalist, greatest guy, nicest guy of all time. He would still be trying to get to the bloke. That's how slow Matt Prittis is. <laughs> he would not have been able to do that. Hey, Pritter can, don't argue, handball. A sloth is probably faster than Pritt. <laughs> but he cannot run. Lewis Jenner does that. So what I'm trying to say is you've had some big moments for West Coast. Yeah. Is there any others that I've missed out that you stick in your mind um, that are favourites of yours? Yes, there is Good. one. Okay. There is one that Good. stands out because it involves me and you. Okay. This one uh, this is unprompted, Charlie. This one was against Essendon at Optus, where we decided to do a bit of a spinneroony, both of us <laughs> sidestepping. Um, so from Not memory, one person would remember this other than you and I. No, because <laughs> at the time it was me, Schofield, maybe the six or seven Essendon boys, and somehow Scuzzer does a spin, spin, sidesteps, hand passes to me. No look, I do a spin, spin, and a hand pass, and we just. Drill, looked at each other <laughs> and then we just like how the hell did we get out of that situation <laughs> we had so many good moments like that on the field where like Jets and I although highly competitive loved the contest we also had a bit of a sense of humour Lewis yep. Jetta was involved in the infamous get em boyish game oh, at right. Peel Thunder yep, yep. Not? <laughs> so oh, we yep. had Dan Venables on the podcast who spoke about that game other than the grand final as was, his favourite game of football of all time it was the best because you can hear Get him, boys! Get him, boys! From the back pocket, all the way to the field, cut over to the bench, up to the coach's box, down to the bench, back to the field, down to the forward pocket, and all you can is get him, boys! Let's get him, boys! And that's that's the whole game. We didn't say push, press, tackle. That was literally we our moved words. Up get him, boys! And this was bred out of people who didn't listen to the Daniel Venables podcast. Uh, 
we were all gamers at the time, too much. We, we played way yeah. too many games. Too much Call of Duty. <laughs> too much too. Call of Duty, but our little squadron, somehow every one of our squadron was playing in the waffle that week, and we beat yeah. Peel Thunder. We're the best in the league. I'd love to hear what the other team... Who were you playing at the time? Peel. We played against Peel. Oh, you playing against yeah, Peel? and we were East Perth. Yeah. At the time, it was... Right. Maybe the night before, the night before that, we had... 18 players on Call of Duty Deathmatch. <laughs> <laughs> We're two teams, so we literally had no room for any outsiders in Call of Duty. And that's, that just carried on onto the footy field. <laughs> uh, it was one of the all-time. All right, so 2018, you win, you win the flag. Uh, what's, that, what's that experience like having won one before? You're the only player in the 2018 grand final team that has won a premiership before. Yep. Um, talk me through... Perhaps your mindset coming into that, like what are you, what are you thinking for the week coming into that game? Well, for the week, I was thinking, can these flights please not be as dear as fuck as last time? Because <laughs> I reckon it cost me about ten grand <laughs> just to get my family over, flights, hotel. I'm like, please do not be this dear again. But lucky, lucky again, it was just my older brother Graham and his partner Kelly, and mum and dad and my um, ex partner Jess and the kids. They lucky they came over. You started out with a small list and then just kept growing. Yeah, that's what I did. I just quietly <laughs> and then built up into it. <laughs> now there was about probably about 10, 11 people, but it was yeah. I don't know. It's because I played in two before one winning and one. I just wanted to have that experience again. It felt so good the first time. It's like a song. I want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the whole thing just. Because I remember the 12, I just wanted to bottle that feeling up. And and lucky enough, it happened again in 18. And it felt like I just took that bottle off once the siren went. I'm like, there's that feeling. It's amazing. I forgot to ask you, when you kick that goal to win the qualifying final, can you tell listeners and people who are watching what that feels like, to kick a goal to win a game in a circumstance like that? Well, a cauld- that cauldron. Like growing that. up, it's... Me and my four brothers, that's all we dreamed of. We played in the front yard. You know, Jetto takes a mark. Peter grabs it, kicks a winning goal. Lucky for Peter, he'd done it in a grand final and won the game. Graham got knocked out in a waffle grand final. Aaron won it last year with High Wickham, kicked four. But lucky for me, that qualifying one, it was, it was one of those moments where it wasn't after the siren, but it was to put us in, a, in front. And that's that's one of the moments I dreamed of my whole life. And like to do that in a, with a snap and bounce through, um, words words can't describe it. It's like it's almost up there with watching your baby being born for the first time. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, it's a whole new emotion. Is it slow or fast? Slow, loud. It was so slow. Watch grabbing your ball, everything just went quiet and slow motion. It's like. Um, there's a motorbike movie where he gets in the zone and just shuts everything out. And that's how it felt. It just went so quiet when I snapped it. And it felt like I had all the time in the world. What was the decision-making process with the Ronaldo celebration? Is that something that you had in the bank just ready to go? Or? Yeah, well, I did it in... Um, I did it probably 17 or 16 against Port Adelaide at Subiaco. And I remember getting a hand pass off maybe... McGovern or Shui and just belting it about 60, 55 out. And I just did the little tiny ones and did it and I've, nah, I kind of fucked that one up. So the next chance I do in a big game, I'll try to do it again. 
like could to do it in like the <laughs> fifty thousand or sixty thousand people going every single person in the stadium you've won a game. Like you, you actually couldn't have a more perfect celebration. <laughs> it was a perfect timing for it. Oh, man. I knew straight away as soon as it bounced in. I turned and ran. I'm like, this is the moment. This is the moment right here. Do it. Do it. Just don't roll your ankle when you land. Um, 2018, we we sat in the motorcade together. We we yeah. were, we were yep. in the grand final parade together yep. with the kids. Yep. Uh, what's what's that like second time round? Do you, do you take more in, or are you, are you trying to be more focused the second time round? So like? when you're fourth. Right. Uh, third, third. Yeah. So third. first one was junior, slept the whole way, <laughs> and then it was Daisy came along, and then it was junior as well. But they were sort of toddlers; they can stand on the back and just try not fall off, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, eighteen, they felt like they was teenagers just sitting there, just waving, well, well, holding I on. Daisy, most of the time. Yeah, they just felt old, and I was like, I was just worried about them and enjoying all this moment and just waving at people and. Having a good time. What was the better um, post-win celebration, Sydney or West Coast? Definitely West Coast because the funny story was when... No, I don't know how we all listened to Masto <laughs> leaving the club, 6 o'clock, let's go, boys, and we all left together. Now, normally, like, sometimes it doesn't happen. There's always a few boys that stays behind, hangs out and keeps drinking on to the sunrise. But this one time <laughs> we all left together. It was it was a weird. I don't know if maybe all our partners was calling us. Was this, was this, was this to go see Timmy Trumpet? No, this it, was, was in this leaving Timmy Trumpet. This was leaving Tramp. <laughs> yeah, Timmy Trumpet. Yeah. Wait, no, you don't even know. <laughs> I don't Tim, remember. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy <laughs> Trump. Timmy Trumpet. What is Timmy Trumpet? Yeah, Charlie. Timmy Trumpet. You would have heard the famous. Song. Uh, it wasn't. I, yeah. I'm lying. It's not Timmy Trumpet. That was on a footy trip. I've been, been confused. <laughs> that was Sharon. That was Sharon. It was Will Sparks. No, Will Sparks. Yeah, I've heard of Will Sparks. Will Sparks yeah. was playing yeah. a Tramp. Jesus, Dan, get out once in a while. So, uh, Will, <laughs> Sparks leave, playing, yeah. uh, Will Sparks was playing an after party. But you've jumped ahead of the grand final here, mate. This is, yeah, sorry. You've just, you've just came, jumped into ce- the celebration of the grand final. <laughs> I haven't spoken about getting off the motorcade yet, mate. Have a bit of build about you. Yeah, we'll come Pre- back. Pre-GF, pre-GF. We, just, we, we bounce around like, okay. a, like a ball no, dribbling around. through the goals. So, okay, <laughs> so motorcade done, family away. You're a, um, you're a senior Indigenous player in that team. Uh, Willie Rioli, Liam Ryan. Um, do you speak to them during the week? I know you speak to them game day, but yep. you speaking to them during the week. What are you telling them? Are you talking to yeah, them most of, most of the time we always just hanging out, having coffee, and usually it's in the lobby. And some, sometimes we don't actually talk about footy. We just talk like we have a joke at people walking in and funny kits and <laughs> just have a giggle. You're the biggest shit talkers at the club. Yeah. Oh, we are, we are. Like I think. Through that whole week, we sat down playing cards, drinking coffee, and was watching people at the bar, <laughs> just getting tipsy and tipsy, and just pulling the piss out and laughing. That was that's all I can remember, like our conversations. And when it came to game day, I I just said treat it like a normal game. Mm. There's nothing more you need to change. You don't need to do anything different. You do that, and we will we'll win. And that's basically all they did. Do you remember mindfulness playing a big part in that year? Yeah, Mark Nikoski? I know you. I know you're a big proponent of it that that season. Can you remember yep. any bits about that? About staying yeah. present. About because I remember talking to one of the coach. I can't remember who, but they asked me about it. What we did in Sydney, and I said we do meditation and yoga a lot over there. And I think that's after that comes. I think they try to bring it in, and 
once one got on board, because I, I was already on board, I was, did so much meditation. And once I found out this Muse and we can have a competition with it, so Muse is like a headband that senses all your negative senses on your forehead and behind your ears. It, it, and it, it senses activity in your brain. brain yeah. So you and can measure how switched off you're up. Yeah, yeah. so it's like a yeah, measure of mindfulness. And it's and like, it's, this is great. Yeah, good, okay. And it's, I later found out that Phil Jackson do, did it with the Bulls and the Lakers and now you think back how calm we was in 18 and you think back to those guys playing basketball in the championships, how calm they are T- tell, in tell, big moments. Tell people and uh, watchers and listeners what, what Muse and the, the band, what you used to have to do and what. So we used to, so for starters, you had to download the app or actually go back to the pre-start. You had to have a good phone to download the app because I always lose my phone so or drop it. So I had to get it. I've ever met in my life. I got a pharmacy phone right now because I'm scared. I dropped it four times and it's still working. So good phone. Um, download the app, Muse app, and then you got to buy a headset, which costs about 250 bucks. And they're not in Australia. they got to send them over, over Europe somewhere. And once you get that, then you connect it all together. And then once you put the headband on, you then connect um, your phone to the headband, press play. Now, you got to wait 90 seconds or so so they can both be in sync. And <clears throat> once that, then you just pretty much lay back and relax. But while you're doing that, you have these speakers in and you can have like a rainforest theme, beach theme. So, for example, if you're laying back and you're real calm and you'll hear little birds chirping in your earphones, but if your mind is somewhere else and you're thinking too much and you're not relaxed, the waves start getting heavier, heavier, turning to a storm. Then it starts to make you shit. Like you literally shit yourself while you're there. And it's like, I'm scared. <laughs> you need to try and kill the noise with yeah. your mind. It's crazy. It's like it's mind control with a band on. Right, we so, have to get a couple of these sent over. So Jets yeah. used to do this on the plane while we're landing. Like, like not that yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not scared of flying. There's some guys that the club used to be quite frightened. Simon Tunbridge was one oh, of those. Yep. Just out of relevancy. <laughs> Two seatbelts. Two seatbelts. He was <laughs> frightened, mate. Frightened. So scared. Anyway, Jets used to put these on while we were landing and you, you could hear the birds out of the... He was so dead. He used to be able to kill his mind. And I've spoken about previously on this podcast and sports show that uh, mindfulness played a really big part. Yep. So we come into that game. They kick five goals to nothing in the first t- 20 minutes of the grand final. Yep. What, what are you thinking? I'm thinking, wow. <clears throat> I'm thinking, wow, this is ridiculous. But no, at the same time, I'm thinking, we did so much preparation during the week, through the year. Um, and like Scuzz said, our minds were so relaxed. We wasn't stressing. You know, like Tommy Cole drops a mark and Stevenson kicks a goal. Yeah. And no one's not screaming at him. Everyone's like, just get the next one. We'll just get the next one. And that's how it was throughout that whole little quarter. Can I... What did you ask, what did you say? To, do you remember what you saw? Did you mention this to me? To Cole, yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it at one point. We just never did. Do you yeah. remember what you said to him? Because you uh, in the footage you came you came straight up to him. I think you gave you dapped him up or something, and then just I can't remember exactly what I would have said, but it was around that. It was like I I I hope it would have been humor. Because honestly, right. like I, I, like not not a real gag, like. Knock knock, <laughs> but just making just get out of your own head. You do something like that on the biggest stage. You're a young guy. You need to get out of your head and move move on very quickly. Like, what what can you actually do about it? It would have been something around that, but of course you don't have microphones in a 
glass of whippersnapper whiskey in front of you to yeah, have a discussion have about it, about, yeah. it's going to happen in about five words. That's where our meditation always brings us back to living in the moment. Yeah. Like just be in the moment. Mistake happen, move on, get to the next moment. Now, talking about moments, you tore your your t- you tore both of your calves in that grand final, correct? Yeah, or false. Yep, correct. Yeah, in the first quarter as well. How's your calf going? Don't worry about my calf. He tore both of his calves in the grand final, twenty eighteen winning Early? Yeah, well, I did it for memory. For memory, that year I did nine strains, miss one game. So, <laughs> but so um, calves are the same, please. Just yeah. So prelim, I do them, but I, I don't know, I was. They, f- they pulled up all good by the weekend. I said, oh, if they see how they go, if they're pain-free by the weekend, I'm good to go. Round, first quarter comes up, bang, pop them. I was like, oh, damn it. So I do that one, then the second quarter I do my left one. I'm like, well, fuck. Just put some tape on it, Panadol. You came off, sweet. right, and you told yeah. the coaches, said I've done both my calves. Yep, and uh, and then we was down on rotation, so I'm like, oh, well, I can't, like, I can't go off and sit then, just be wasted. I might as well just get back out there. Put me forward or put me on the wing, or but I end up staying half back, playing on the quickest forwards, Varco. <laughs> what, what is it about indigenous guys and tearing muscles? And st- David Wirapunde, like no one else, used to do. And and it's not a oh yeah, I tore my calf, uh, like but they they scan it and there's no calf tear. Like if he had had his calves scanned at the end of the week, he would have. Torn in half, yeah. calves. But you can yeah. still play. Like I, yeah. I, I tore my calf so walking up the, the stairs. I couldn't, I couldn't walk home. You're playing the grand final with two torn calves. It's because these muscles, like the calf muscles, so weird. It's a, I think it's like three or four. And the one that I kept re tearing was the one that I need to walk, <laughs> but I could jog and sprint, which was so right. frustrating. Because so, I can't, I can't play a game of two hours of sprinting and you know jogging. It's like that's impossible, especially for me. But I don't know, I just felt like I just couldn't stop jogging and just jogged, jogged, limped around here, stopped, jogged. And that's all, that's all I could have done. I remember Jet <laughs> saying to me, like, oh, maybe in the second quarter, like, hey, bros, I've done both my calves. And I, I reckon I, I remember just looking at him, being like, all right, no worries. And just <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, like, well, like, you're there. It's like, yeah. what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, I knew he was good. Yeah, yeah, massage. Yeah. <laughs> um, so moving into the game a little bit more. Uh, Liam Ryan, probably with not long to go in the third quarter, yep. um, goes back with the flight, tries to mark a ball, has a look. I, I, I do that all the time. I'm, I'm a frightened human being when I'm going back with the flight like that. So it's I'm the scary, It's yeah. the scariest thing ever. Oh, don't put yourself in that position. No, that's it's not cal- it's not courageous. It's, no, but it's anyway, he goes back ass. with the flight. He drops the ball with no pressure, seemingly no pressure. But you could understand when you're coming back with a flight like that, you don't know what's coming. Anyway. Drops it, Colin would take it, go down the other end, kick a goal. Yeah, so it was a big moment in the game. Um, it was just before three quarter time. So at three quarter time, I've seen the footage. I didn't see it on game day. You've got Liam Ryan with your arm around him. It's yep. probably the most one of the most like recognizable things in my brain from that game is yep. that you you walking off the, the field with him. Yeah, yeah. What are you saying to him at three quarter time in the grand final? A tied grand final. All I said was three quarters are done. We just got half an hour. Bring your magic. And we'll win the game. And that's literally all I said. It looked like I was giving him a big speech, but I kept it so simple. And he was like, yeah, bros, I got you. And as we all know, that last quarter, he played amazing last quarter. So what Liam Ryan did in that last quarter? 
He hit the post twice. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. He had two posts. It's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a moment exactly the same. Yeah. Like, like, genuinely identical. And I put it down to you. And, look, you can downplay it as much as you like, but um, having someone in his corner and saying, it's okay, like, don't don't worry about that. That's what Lewis Jetta was about, which is another reason why I say he's the best of all time to ever have done it, because he made Liam Ryan do what he did in that lost quarter, which was the two behinds, two yeah. posters, but he took that mark in the moment. Yeah. He took yeah. that. He took a, took a screamer with one, Rid- one... Ridiculous. A ridiculous, like, sideways screamer with a minute and a half to go yeah. in the grand final. And that one in a 50 where he's running full, like, just full tan. There's a packed van. He just literally eyes on the ball and just the marks fly. it. Yeah. And there's guys coming left, right, centre, and he just marked it on his chest. Siren goes. Game one. What's the feeling? Better or better than kicking the goal against Collingwood? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. And I, the reason I dropped to the ground because my cars was killing me. <laughs> I put my hands up and cried for. Yes, that looks good, but really my legs were just absolutely cooked. I was in so much pain, my calves. And then um, once I dropped down, I was just like looking for the boys. I'm like, fuck, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. Did it again. Fucking ridiculous. A little boy from Bunbury. Yeah. Who would have thought? Best photo I've got is of you and me hugging after that game. Yeah. Another one. Um, it's very good. A little chills here, Dan. Yeah, good. Right. under control, mate. Um, so we win that, right? And uh, all right. So you were you were best on in the post match, immediate post match aftermath. I was worst on. I thought it was a good thing to really take it in. I was the dead last going around the oval. I was. You know, taking my time, speaking to everybody. I reckon I sculled about three beers out of people's plastic cups. <laughs> but I wasn't with the boys. I wasn't um, – I don't have any photos of me holding the cup in the crowd, Tommy Brass is standing out, like none of that. I was 100 metres behind everyone. Lewis Jetta, you were wearing sunglasses. Yep. And you had your two children out there. I don't know where they can't – you had – you had both Daisy and Junior with you. You had yep. sunglasses on. You may as well have had a cigar. <laughs> we had, even had the when you sit down at a chair, <laughs> the grand final chairs is like the stadium. You have paddings. Yeah. <laughs> even walking around with one of those. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> one of those things. <laughs> had one of those a scarf. I'm like, what? fuck! I'm going to need a little bag to put all this shit in. <laughs> like a show bag. <laughs> yeah. The secrets of show business here. Dan's just revealed his cushion. He sits <laughs> on here. Just give me a little boost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you've got a pair of sunnies. Now I put it out on social media. Hey, Jets is coming into the show. We had one person say that. Hey, I want my sonny's back. I went through the footage and I was like, what are you even talking about? I went through and looked and you're wearing sunglasses <laughs> for almost every photo out on the ground immediately after the game. Where did you get the sonny's? Well, where I, are they now? In all of the crowd when we was doing a lap, I think it might have been the, not the city end, the other end. We was going through there. Um, remember having the Gatorade towel doing the Vince Carter, like, it's over. It's over. <laughs> To our Snapchat girl, Kate. And then I just noticed my brother out of all the crowd. I just, I don't know what it was, but it's like one of those moments where everything just slows down and you lock eyes. Like, oh, shit. My brother's right there standing. So I run up. And he's like, I've got glasses for you. I'm like, yes. So I just chucked him straight on. And that was it. So, so my older brother, Graham, so had him. So they're Grahams? Yeah, I, I believe those Grahams. Someone yeah. suggested on Instagram, social media, that they were there. They're child sunnies, but that ain't true. These are no child size sunnies that wouldn't fit that head. Where <laughs> so are they? I'd in my pocket. No. <laughs> yeah. 
I still believe it to his day. I still wear them like normal sunnies. <laughs> so you've actually got them. <laughs> there go. Yeah, yeah, they ain't kids sunnies. Oh, no, so you hang imagine. on, Dan. These are Charlie. Are you, cr- you fact checking this? Are these the sunnies? These <laughs> bring we up got. the photo real quick. All right, get a photo up because oh, it's on our it look, yeah, it's on the Instagram. I mean, it's on our Instagram, Charlie. If you followed that, maybe you don't even follow that. You don't even join the because I, rem- I was wearing them at home, and my brother Graham said, "You still got the sunnies?" That's there, mate. Certainly looks like them. Yeah, yeah, it is them. How have you? You have the sunnies. <laughs> still you got them. You can wear them for the rest of this interview. <laughs> thanks, Jens. <Jared. laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's that's legit. That's actually them. Yep. Boy. Black oh, into yeah. like a little gold rim. Can I zoom in on it? Oh, it actually is. Jet, you're a you're a crazy man. How have you hung on yeah. to those? Well, I was I had them in um. <sighs> that is amazing. I had them in the garage with um some other old clothes, and then I just lost Sundays, so I just decided to uh, put these on and go to work and to the beaches and stuff. And then Graham asks my old brother, he's like. Do you still have those sunnies from the game? <laughs> yeah, I got them in the car. <laughs> so he just taken them and flogged them for a year. And then I was like, all right, going over to his place, I'm going to steal them back. There's something I've just remembered. And I just quickly checked it on my phone. Don't know. We, we sort of talked about the Cristiano Ronaldo game, 2018. But you walking across the bridge to get to that game. Yeah, yeah. What happened there? Do you remember this? <laughs> what? <laughs> so... If you didn't listen to like the still got the sunnies, <laughs> <laughs> I know we're sort of backtracking a bit, but I just remembered. I was like, yeah, no. Nah. So the interview with uh, Peter Bill after the game, he asked, "Were you late?" I said, "Yeah, I was late." You He's were like, late to the qualifying final. Yeah, you were too because first emergency. And everyone, I remember this? Everyone was looking for me, but I was playing cod at home. <laughs> <laughs> I was playing cod, and I literally forgot about the time, and I'm. Oh shit! I got the finals on, so we jump in the car, me, Jess, and the kids. Oh my god! And I'm like, oh no, traffic! Fuck! So we're on the bridge, and what we're parked. Like so the one to get over to Swan, yeah, and Optus on your right. So I said, fuck it! I'll just jump off there, walk underneath, and walk in with the crowd, and just chuck my hoodie on. And some little kid knows, hey mate, how you doing? <laughs> Going to the game. <laughs> so we walk in, and the security guard stops, and I'm like. Yeah, I, I actually got to play. He's my ID. I got. I meant to be here about half an hour ago. Yeah, you were late. Yeah, I was. I was so like, you would have got a call saying, "Mate, do you have your shoes with you?" I've never thought of. I've never heard this story. <laughs> if I, if you're playing cod, you motherfucker. <laughs> I in the interview after the game, I said, "Yeah, my family was taking too long to get dressed. Really, I was. I was playing cod." <laughs> <laughs> As we all know, that last game, the last kill, you need that last kill. It's too intense. Right. It takes too much time to get there. Well, without that last kill, you don't actually get to make the physical kill yeah. for Collingwood of the game. True. I needed that last kill to kill them. All right, a couple <laughs> of um, a couple of all-rounders just to finish off this. Then we need the social media. Um, I was going to apologise for this being long, but I've enjoyed no, every second of it. No, so no apologies. I've got either. nothing else to do yeah, than correct. work tomorrow. No, I wasn't apologising <laughs> to you at all. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Apologising to no fucking now, person. <laughs> really, re- really recently, um, just gone, um, there's been a specific incident with Liam Ryan and his kids and trolls and racism, yep. but... That's one. I want your glasses off now. You, I yeah, know. I know. It's, <laughs> not, it's not a serious thing. <laughs> look at him. It's like, yep, yep, yep. Yep, motherfuckers. Um, yeah, so that's one incident. But 
it's not the first and no. unfortunately it probably won't be the last. So no. I wanted to ask you about your experience personally with trolls. Yep. And and racism, not just on social media, but racism. I know it's a Everywhere. Big, big topic. Yeah, yeah, no, it's well for Liam, it's been happening since like I reckon since he was a kid, to be honest. Mm. And now that it's even sadder that his kids are involved because kids are innocent. Whether they're black, white, no matter what colour they are, kids are always innocent. And for them to cop it as well is fucking ridiculous. Some people out there just they don't I don't know what they on earth for on earth to do. It's like mm. it's crazy. But myself growing up, we yeah, I copped it all the time. It's as simple as, you know, going into IGA, security guard follows you each aisle. It's as simple as that. To being called names from walking home from school and some guy calls you a black cunt and it's like looking around is he oh, he's talking to us. Oh fuck, well we can't do nothing. We're the kid we're guys in the cars and we're just school kids. And all we can do is tell our parents and and they just you know, they can't really do anything because we don't know the person. So and back then we didn't have phones. We didn't have cameras. We had the old school cameras, but we, no, we didn't carry those around. We were just worried about getting home and all that type of stuff. But racism has always been around. And sad to say, it's never going to leave because it's not just in Australia. It's all over the world, racism. Do you have an opinion on why? Is it is it um, are, are people bad people? Is it ignorance? Is it... Uh, I, always, I always... What is it? I always believe that it's the way you're raised. Because when you're born, you don't see racism. It's how you've been raised and in the, and the environment. And because when you're a kid, all you think about is happy. And if you like, if you see so many pictures on YouTube or Facebook, you see little black and white kids playing together no matter what. And they don't see anything except just enjoying their, each other's company. So I always, I always put it down to the environment they've been raised and who's raising them. Because... You can raise kids to be the most, or people to be genuine, humble, caring, loving people, but there's some bad people out there that's just horrible people. How do you, this is a big question, but how does it, how do you improve it? How, how do you improve people's behaviour, attitude, whatever you want well, to call it? Well, it's a hard one because everyone's different and everyone has a right to live their own life. So it's, all you can do is, like we say, is, Sounds like a broken record, educate, but at some point, how far is educate going to go? Because sometimes people need to take a stand and, you know, people have, but it's still not enough. People are still doing it. And it just comes down to that, you know, 1% of dickheads out there that just doesn't get it or they just get the thrill of putting down people and bringing negative into other people's lives. And also, the, yeah. I guess the responsibility and the owner shouldn't be on you to help other yeah. people. Yeah. I mean, you... you you be yourself and be an upstanding person and that should help enough. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, people have to look at themselves and yeah. change their own behaviour and it's not up to you to change them. Yeah. What, 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 do you, what do you look out for, like, your friends that aren't Indigenous? Say me or any, any, any of the other guys that you're good mates with. Like, how do we best support you when we see this sort of stuff? Like, what's the... You can always... I always, I always sort of, like, look, I, I'm like... It makes me fucking sick when I see it. But then I'm like, I want to kill that. I want to fucking kill that guy. Yeah. And then I don't know what to do. You just pull him up mm. and just literally do do your grumpy voice. <laughs> Bring out grumpy scars. 
And sometimes it's just a tone of voice. When if you're non-Indigenous and you pull someone up with a tone of voice, that automatically makes them think straight away. Or they can just, you know, don't get it and just be a dickhead about it. Interesting. Have you caught much social media-wise? I mean, we'll see it. It's just absolutely rampant at the moment. You see it every second, every every other week, you know, a yep. club having to stand up and say, oh, we don't condone mm. it. Like, no shit. Like, people are just... How many statements are clubs making, man? Like, have you have you, have you you copped that online? Not, no, not social media because... That's good. I reckon I had Bebo, if that was before MySpace. So <laughs> I had that first and then I had Facebook <laughs> in Sydney and I shut that down for... A good reason, and I didn't get back onto social media because um, I don't have Insta or Twitter. I just have Facebook purely just to catch up to old cousins. And <laughs> well, that's a that's a good one where you know you can only just talk to your cousins on there, and they can comment on yours, and there's no one else unless you add them as a friend. But I only just got onto Facebook probably three years ago, yeah. three or four years ago. But before that, I was off social media. I literally wondered why people go to cafes and sit there and scroll and then you'll just see me in a corner reading a newspaper or colouring in with the kids on the text or, or holding talking, the maybe talking to somebody. Maybe. <laughs> you know I mean? like, no, it's yeah. in like... A normal conversation yeah. or like that. But uh, I wasn't big on social media and I think that's kind of saved me in a little bit in a way. Plus it sounds like you always had a broken phone or something. It probably didn't have... Yeah, that's true. I always had to... Phone that bounces up like a bouncy ball <laughs> and still works. <laughs> All right. You got anything else to suggest before we get into this big, 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 big segment? Social media. <laughs> now, I know that you've done this before, and it's probably why you're here, to be honest. Social yeah. media. Correct? Yes. <laughs> Always. Um, I force people to say that. Social media, big part of this podcast for a long time. Sports show. I don't know why I can't stop saying podcast. It's okay. Doesn't matter. Say it back the front, the letters. Uh, past. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy Brass had a pretty good reaction on s- social for social media. Mm-hmm. Lewis Jetta's had the best yet. The best yet. Huge. The questions were great. I know we've done a bit of a longer interview, but social media is big too, and I loved it. So, we're going to get straight into it, all right? Yep. Daniel? All right. If you may. You know what? I'm going to do it off my phone. I know there's a screen there, but I'm going to do it off my phone because okay. it will just be helpful. This um, is from Keely. Yeah, actually, for this one, I can read it from here. Okay. Hey, guys. I've heard some of the West Coast boys talk about how much influence Jetta had around the club, particularly the role he played in leading the way off the field with some of the up-and-coming players in terms of being a mentor and support system. I work in mental health, and Scoey, I've loved listening to the brief insights you've given when speaking about mental health and awareness that you bring to that with some of the key notes you do and stories you tell. There you go. Thank you, Keely. My question for the both of you is how much work is put into mental health and mental wellness within a football club, both as a whole group and then with maybe individual players who need it more than others along the way? Should we start with that for now? Yeah. yeah. How much How much time is put in at the club to mental health and well-being? Be honest. Whatever you think. Well, yeah, it's probably a big, big part of it because... I can speak from experience and I'm happy to speak about it because it's, it's easy for me now. Um, probably from 2014 to probably two years ago, I suffered with suicide depression. And for, for me, it's easy to speak about now, but back then, at a club, it would be just a smile and 
you know, put others before myself. And that's how I dealt with it. But as soon as I got home, straight into my shell. You know, I literally, I don't know how to put it, but there was a moment at home that woke me up where, you know, I walked into the garage, grabbed a extension cord and went to go across the road to the tree next to the river. And I literally got to the tree and then I just turned around and just like snapped out of it. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm leaving my little kids at home. My babies are at home and they're going to wake up with no daddy. So that for me, that just straight away, I woke up. And now that I can like speak about it easily, it's for others, it's very hard to talk about. And especially for guys, it's because you guys are so strong and don't want to talk about anything, hold their feelings in. And I did that for so long. Once I started, I wanted to help out others whoever was struggling. You spoke about it at the club um, yep. as like a fire from you getting up in front of the boys and speaking about Yeah. It was like a internal fire that would ignite and not a good one, not, not nah. one that would nah. you know, propel you to greatness. It was like a internal burning that would burn yourself down. Yeah. It was like felt like you just... It was like fire in, in a shell. Like the shell on the outside was just a smile, happy... Jet boy being jet boy, laughing, pranking, but that fire was just burning huge inside. And I, some days I couldn't wait because footy used to be my escape in these moments. But it got to a point where I was on the footy field. I could not give two fucks about football, and I absolutely hated it. And I only did it like kept going there because of my babies, like how much they enjoyed it, and put food on the table for them. And that's literally all I did it for at that point of stage in my life. But once I got through that little hard patch, I it I don't know what it was, but it just opened my eyes up, and I just saw everything clear as day. And now, you know, I could I can safely say I squashed that. That's two years now, gone in the past. Now I, you know, I can help out others and speak about it easily in front of them. And if that somehow my story helped some guy or lady, or even kids now that's going through it. So be it. So what's the advice? Try and try and talk about it. Try to talk about. It. Do not hold on to it, no matter how small it is. Because once it starts small, it starts to build, build, build. Before you know it, you're literally a zombie walking around, and you don't even realize you you are a zombie. Do you reckon that affected your footy at any stage? No, because footy was my get out. No matter if I cross that white line, the siren goes. It affected me at training, but not when I was playing footy because I can escape it and just clear my mind. And that's when I hit the meditation really hard because that helped out a lot as well. Yeah, I can vouch for that. Um, footy was your uh, happy place. Yeah. Oh, we need to play some footy together, I think. Um, we do. Sevens? Give, give me a, yeah, Three correct. Sevens team? Yeah, correct. Okay. Now, we're going to go Super Tramp, Bryce yep. here. Um, so, admittedly, this is a shit question. Yeah, probably a shit question off the back of that. Well, but this is Super Tramp Bryce. So, Bryce yeah. was caravanning around the country, met up with him over the grand final period. Big fan of back chat, mm-hmm. big mental health advocate. And uh, you know what? We actually should mention Lifeline, Lifeline WA. 1311114. If that's still their number. It's actually probably worth mentioning. For sure. If anything Jess has just spoken about. It's like a perfect shirt for the situation yeah. right yeah. now. Yes, it's good. Beyond blue so Supertramp well. Bryce, though, is, um, he's a big advocate for mental health and talking about your feelings, so I think this is a perfect okay. segue. Jets, do you remember our 10 out of 10 awkward attempt handshake turned weird laugh smile during the halftime of last, last year's grand final at the Camfield? We both had just taken a leak 
and had the realization at the same time that it's just super weird to say good day to someone in a pub bathroom. I, I you reckon at the Camfield. I remember that. I reckon I recall that. Yeah, underneath the uh, bar that's up top used to go under oh, them yeah, toilets yeah. there because there was no one was in there. Inside was the line was longer than the women's. It's like, what's going on here? This is opposite day. <laughs> so we, I remember just going out there and yeah, it was a weird one <laughs> because. I said, let's just wait till we wash our hands first, and then, <laughs> so, <laughs> what do we do? <laughs> was it, like, it wasn't midstream or anything like the urinals? No, it was just, it just uh, like a weird situation. Okay. We both knew what we wanted to do, but it came out so wrong. Come on, Bryce, he's a good man, though, so yeah. very good. I remember, yeah, I remember just laughing about it and just walking out <laughs> like, <shit. laughs> All good sometimes. Adam Goods has turned his back on football despite all his achievements. Have you spoken to him about his troubles or tried to convince him to return to football in some way? No, I will not try to, purely because he's happy being a father. Um, and seeing him with my kids when I lived in Sydney, he was literally like he wanted to be a father so badly. Now that he has his own... Um, I think he, he couldn't care less except, you know, spend time with his baby. And that's probably the best part about it. He, like, it'd be good to see him back, but what he went through, I don't think he will come back. And, you know, I, I hope he just relaxes, puts his feet up, because he's done so much for the game and the community as well. But now he's a father, he can actually enjoy life and be free. Now, Some AFL team will, you know, if he's... Kids get into footy, we'll draft them very high, I'm sure. There's going to be some good kids rolling around. At some oh, stage it's going to be ridiculous. <laughs> um, now, this man, I believe... I, I, look, I just want him to get his question out there because I want you to read the back part of this. This is from Rob Dinsdale. Okay. Now, he's, his username is now Rob underscore Dinsdale underscore. Can you read the PS at the back end <laughs> yep. of this? PS. Sorry for the no underscore scoey. We'll try better in the fantasy name. So I believe after Rob has put this through, he's changed his name <laughs> before <laughs> I've said anything and put underscores into Very it. You've got to respect yeah, it. Respect for right, Here we go, Rob. Here's your question. Uh, love to hear Jet's thoughts on returning to the club as a mentor for the younger Indigenous boys. Such an un- underrated player on and off the field for them, boys and himself. Uh, would love to see him back at the club. Would yeah, that, would that be a role that you would? Well, I was actually thinking about it this year, to be honest, seeing seeing what's to go. But at the moment, I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Um, what are you doing? Well, I'm in the gas industry. I threw myself in the gas industry. I had no idea about it. I because I after footy finished, I went. Well, I might as well just jump into workforce. So I jumped in with my younger brother, who's was in the Valmac Water Corp at the moment, and I was like, "All right, sweet, easy job. He can teach me." And it was actually it was actually good fun because the boss would treat us good because <laughs> I just came off from playing West Coast and would finish early all the time and <laughs> long lunch breaks. <laughs> the only bad thing is my brother always loved getting takeaways, so it was almost KFC for lunch every day. <laughs> but once um once it, my brother left to go for the mines, um, I figured well I will just chuck myself in the gas and see how we go, and absolutely love it. It's dangerous. It's interesting. Um, but enjoyable. We've got to have a good bunch of guys around and I always try to tell people if you have a good crew, it's works so much easier and so much fun. We literally laughed the whole day pretty much. 
to you'd be open to heading back to the footy club and yeah out there if that was a possibility yeah yeah i was thinking about it um actually two weeks ago and last week you know whether it's teaching them how to kick or maybe maybe we just go on a jet boy scoey clinic down there about how to enjoy yourself and everyone's welcome except Except all the staff, fans, just the players. <laughs> <laughs> and no midfielders and no, no forward line. Just the backline players only. <laughs> TB um, and Gov, you, you guys are good. Bung, yep, you're still elite. Just oh, boy. Looking fit, by the way. Bunger. Yeah, oh bloody Benjamin Button. What's, what's, ha- what's happened there? Like, why? How? I don't know. Has he got a date? <laughs> Maybe that's what we need to do in here. Get Bunger a date. Yeah. Back chat does Bunger a date. Charlie yep, and date Bunger. <laughs> get a date. A.G. Becker. Okay, no question, just a statement. Sorry, no question, underscore, just a statement, underscore. I'm not going to do this whole time. Uh, my son is named Lewis after you. Yep. There you go. He's being raised in Sweden, so he'll hopefully be as good a hockey player as you were a footy player. A there son you named after you? You're going to take that one. In Sweden? It kind of makes you think. It's like, what did I do? <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Taz, double underscore, Kai. I feel like everyone gets asked this, but if you could change one thing in your career, what would it be and why? And does pineapple belong on pizza? Oh, 100%. If you don't like pineapple on pizza, yeah. just leave Australia. Just go. Keen. Yep. See you, mate. Right, mate. See you, mate. I'm keen. See you, mate. I love you. You can't be having pineapple on pizza, mate. What's wrong with you? That's nah, good. Number one, it helps out with the cheese because cheese is... Yeah, heavy. It's too raw unless it's melted and then it's cooked. not believe this. And then pineapple just feels so fresh and plus it's healthy for body parts. Yeah. So. I've always said that. Good (laughs) God. Um, And the one thing I'll change is probably my height. Because I could have played NBA, but I was too short. I was the same. I was like four foot center. So that's why I chose footy. (laughs) Jetter and cons. Point guard and centre. <laughs> Rollins pick and rolls, let's go. Oh, wow. A bit like Spud Webb and Muggsy Bugs in the same team. <laughs> yeah. um, Robbie B. Show. One for Will. Not sure if this is the right place to put this, but I believe yourself and Daniel Kerr had immaculate chemistry on air. Mm. Would you ever get Daniel back on even from... Uh, back for a chat? No, read it. Back from prison for a chat. Yeah. Why didn't you want to read that? <laughs> well, Kerry's in prison. Yeah. Well, yeah That's a fact. It's okay. Yeah, but right. that, that's what's happening. Yeah, it's just a, what's the issue here? There's no issue. <laughs> you didn't read it. He's spread, going, spread he's going a bit red, isn't he? <laughs> we are spreading the joy. That's what's happening with Curry's life at the moment. I would, I would certainly have Curry on here. I just, I did raise with Robbie. Uh, I did reply to this comment that perhaps yeah. it might be a short episode, given a one call a day type setup from yeah. prison. You hear the brr, brr, this call is coming from. Get off the phone, mate. David Dot Gornall. Uh, how much do you like the sport of indoor beach volleyball? <laughs> Absolutely love it. We play, last year I was playing Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday's out of elite. You play one team three times. And Thursday you play eight different teams in one night. Love that. Stefan right. underscore 1039. I would love to get your thoughts on spearmint milk. I live on the East Coast but have spent my fair share of time in the West. When I attempt to explain how good the sweet, sweet nectar of a master's spearmint milk is, I'm often greeted with disgust. We'd love to hear your thoughts, particularly Scully, who moved west later in life. I've got no thoughts. I know that Jets will have some thoughts. It's, it's like you might as well just go vomit in a cup and drink that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Not a fan of the spear. Not a fan of it. Just brush your teeth and swallow. What about you? Yeah. Spear it's milk? disgusting. Really? I would drink it. I would like hold my breath. I or, or have, a, have a piece of gum, but I'm not going to drink it. like Stefan's a big fan, Charlie. Also lactose intolerant. Charlie? I don't like mint at all. <laughs> no mint. 
What do you brush your teeth with? I use toothpaste, but I don't love it. Yeah, I'm with Charlie. What do you mean? He, likes the, he might just like the bar mint. I'm not no, he seems like I, can't, I don't like mint. So, like, I mean, toothpaste isn't like mint, is it? Mint fresh, yeah. Well, like some, some can be. It's like chemical. It's just yeah, like I bet you guys. I bet you have your charcoal toothpaste. So actually, think I might. Don't don't tell me you out of charcoal toothpaste. What you brush your teeth with? Just normal. Colgate. Colgate. So am I, but like, isn't uh, but like I get flavour, and then there's like I don't. Know, I like using the kids one because it's always like a strawberry one, strawberry flavour. I mean, jets. Mm-hmm. It doesn't um, do nothing. It's just like having some lollies in it. Who are we going to? We're going to go with Jack Dewsbury. Okay, Jack. It's a bit cheeky, this one, but you've made it. Who's the best player you've ever played with and why is it not Scoey? Why is it not Scoey? Well, first of all, I have never said the best player I've played with yet. Yeah. Who is that? So that's to be cool. Well, it's definitely going to be Scoey. <laughs> <laughs> nah, what I like... Lo- Come on, it's not Scoey. Probably the best. Um, it would... To be honest, it would have to be my older brother. Um, if you guys thought I can kick a footy, my older brother's five times better than me. And his vision and skills was ridiculous, but knee problems stopped him. So Really? Yeah. Okay, this is a good question then, JHR underscore 87. How did Jets become one of the best kicks in the league? Pure talent or something in his training regimen? A lot of it was to do with my older brother, again. He taught me one-on-one. But a lot of the time when... Players would go home, like you'd see me after training, just kicking around, mucking around. But really, I'd be there for another hour or two, kicking the footy at targets. And, you know, I'd get home at seven sometimes, but I'd do that every day. And I started doing that at the SCG. And all you can hear is, hitting the wooden targets. And I'd do that for two hours straight. And yeah, he, um, when I read that question on social media, I sort of thought about that as well because that's a big reason why I say is the best, the best kick I've ever played with. You used to hit targets that weren't there. You'd never see. <clears throat> we used to have, um, especially late in our career, we had the big hanger. Um, either everyone would be gone or having lunch or where's Jets? He'd be kicking footies. And I don't reckon you ever used to – well, you might correct me. I don't reckon you used to go in there and be like, I'm going to improve my kick. You used to in – Joy doing it. Just yeah, love I just still love it. I just still love it. SCG, I just um the SCG, I just you just be gone. Jets yeah. be by himself, just kicking footy to the wall, like hitting yeah. a brick in the wall. Like just at drilling. Subi, that's where I was really focusing. But once we got to Optus, it was just became enjoyable, and I couldn't stop. Yeah, <laughs> it was like an addiction, which was wasn't a bad thing. You 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 would kick hundreds and hundreds of balls a day. No, yeah. no, no one else was doing that. But you weren't doing it because you're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the nah. best kick in the league. No. Nah. It was just, I purely enjoyed it. Um, and it, it showed against the Geelong game. I can't remember what year it was, but it might have been 17, 16. It was ridiculous. Pulled out some kicks out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, last one. T underscore Dizzy, triple underscore. Yeah, we love that. Absolutely love every bit about it. Uh, were you ever timed at 100 metre sprint? If so, what was your time? Yes, I can say Swan Districts, Talam Ames, the big Talam Ames, big guy, blondie, looks like a Russian, <laughs> not, it's too skinny to be. Um, we did like a 100 metre sprint and I did a barefoot and he timed it on his watch and said 10, 10 seconds. What? So I'm not too sure if Talam Ames was talking shit or he was serious. Ten, uh, I'd, say, I'd say 10, 10 high. 
Like in his prime. We're talking 21. Prime, yeah. So this was... Yeah, this was a... 62 kilo Lewis Jetta. This was a 19-year-old. Feel like a pogo stick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Feel like a light stand. (laughs) Um, That's it. Scotia Media done and dusted. Very good. Yet again. You send it. We answer it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. All right, Dan, you're done for the co-hosting duties. You said that we read it what I was looking for, mate. I know, but I'm scared. I'm scared about this. You send it. We yeah. read it. Why? It's just a lot to get through. Uh, we're not. We're, we're not. We're, we're going to hold off on the last okay. one again. And right. I'm going to put a public apology through to that person right okay. now. But we'll go through the first one. Okay. Aiden O'Neill. Hey, Aiden. Lads, just give me some air time here because what I'm about to say may blow some minds. Do you need big me to read this? So you write. You get big blue pants on. Absolutely jailed that. So I know far. you have, but I'm just. Like, okay. It's a big paragraph in front of you. Are you okay? Yep. Here. At Big Fan Apparel, find us on Instagram. We think that the competition is ready for a non-midfielder to finally win a Brownlow this coming season. Here's why. The new holding the ball rule change that some may or may not agree with will generate more goal-scoring opportunities. Therefore, we think a big forward may have a much bigger chance of kicking a lot more goals and taking home Charlie. Not you, Charlie. Let us know what not your the, thoughts not are. The other Charlie, yeah. <laughs> Farmer, what's a wife with Charlie? Uh, let us know what your thoughts are. We really want to know Charlie's thoughts as the Brownlow is named after him. Okay, thanks, Big Fan Apparel, and I'll say that again. It's from Big Fan Apparel. Very good, Big Fan Apparel. We can find mm. him on Instagram. Charlie, you can go first on this one, Big Charlie Brownlow. Chaz. Well, I think I got to disagree a bit. Oh. Well, because you know Careful. the, the Brownlow isn't decided by you know how many goals he kicks. Not decided by stats. Decided by the umpires. Yeah. Right. So that might come into okay. some of their decision making, but it's not going to be a final thing. I so think. you've completely yeah. put this in the bin, have you? No, I, I think it's a good that's point. That's chat, right? <laughs> I agree, but only thing with is... With Charlie or with Big Fan Apparel? No, on the umpire part. Maybe the umpires need to actually open their eyes and see the whole game instead of seeing possession count or one good play and actually just look at defenders the whole time. Charlie, while we're on this, how many votes, look it up, did, did, um, did Buddy get when he kicked 100? Okay. That's yeah, and like something around key forwards... Like high-scoring Brownlow. We need to say Swamp Thing here, really. But if we're going to go down this path, I don't hate it. Does it have to be midfield or forward? Can a backman ever win a Brownlow? I don't see a way that can happen. No. Not really. Not, not Is the there way. even an award for a backliner? No. No, you've got Which the leading goal-kicking. Golden but Fist has been mm. named, but, I mean, it's not Coleman medal status. It should no. be. No. So 2008, when Buddy kicked 100 goals, mm. he was third with 20 votes. Okay. How do you feel about that now, Dan? How do you oh. feel about that now, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. That's win. probably the closest thing we're going to get. Right. So yeah. Big Fan Apparel is onto something big time. Mm. You know who I'm going to suggest? What, as a Brownlow dark horse? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to hear it here first, too. All right. Go on. It's your boys. Oh. Carlton. Oh, who's your boys? I thought you. I thought for a second you th- you said your Ben boy, Brown. Ben Brown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ben Brown. <laughs> Don't. Ben Brown's my guy. Ben Brown's my bunny. Yeah, and you know that. Yeah. Now, Harry Mackay, Carlton. Yeah, your boys. Yeah, he's a proper player. Like I said, the way that they're winning when they win the grand final, Charlie, Charlie Kern. Oh my god, it's amazing. Charlie Kerno comes back. Yep. 
Charlie and comes Harry to town. wins the Charlie. Harry Mackay will kick. He, he, did he win the Coleman last year, Charlie? Please yeah. check. He, yeah, did. he did. He did, didn't he? He wins the Coleman again this year, kicks more goals, wins the Brownlow medal. Imagine if we play this back in six months' time. All you do is just say, I told you so, fuckers. Um, Very good. Now, I want to read the start of this and then we're going to get – we're going to put this out to social whether or not you would like me and Dan and anyone else to go through this because this was sent a little while ago now and we send it – sorry. You send it. We read it. Yeah. That's rule. what it means. We've never not read it. Unless We've, they tell us not to. Yeah, which has happened a couple of times. Mm. We haven't read this one because there's been an extreme level of effort and analysis that's gone into it. We don't want to half-bake it. No, and I also don't want to give... Yeah, I don't want to give this 30 minutes to on top of what we've done already. So I'd yeah. like to somehow potentially do it as a standalone. I'll, I'll read the first part, right? And I want people, to, Charlie, you need to remind me on our little spreadsheet over here that we're going to do this this week. This is from Ben Eddy. I think it's Ben. I'm going to be really annoyed if it's not Ben. B. Eddy. I think it's Ben. Okay, it be Brett. Ben. Okay. Hey, guys. Long-time fan of the show. Have been enjoying some annual leave and had time to re-watch the antics of Will Schofield in the 2018 Grand Final. If born, it brought me just as much joy to watch the bangs and crashes of the game as it did in 2018. Also, low-key, cannot wait for Willie Rioli to make his comeback. Jets, I know you'll see that. Yeah. But keeping an eye on Will watching this time around was my top priority. Here's how I saw the game from the point of view that Will Schofield was robbed of the Norm Smith and that Jordan Ngoi is his true bunny. Right, and then how many points are there? There is 23, 23. well-worded impacts on the game that I had, either behind the scenes. Uh, Ben's broken that down. It is Ben. Cheers, is Ben. ben. Um, so what there's 23 get- points, and the rest is history. P.S. Still waiting for beers with yeah, back chat. That'll March be on 1st. March 1st, Tuesday. What if we could get you and Jordan going through this I would love list. to do Just that. have that one. Where you sprinted down the guts and left Gulf with the go. Game that happened. It happened. Bloody happened. Jess yeah. says it happened. Look, yeah. there's there's 23 points there of my grand final. We've been bouncing around whether to do it. I don't particularly want to make it the me 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 show. That's, that's how I feel oh, about that's it. That's weird. I mean, there <laughs> is. Why don't you see if you can find go through the points and see if you can find every player. <laughs> <laughs> Try contact every player. <laughs> Just have the whole Collingwood thing up on like a... Jets, what are you doing for the next three months? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. You're hired. <laughs> Monday nights, nothing. Um, Charlie, is that the end of uh, you saying we read it? Yes, it is. <sighs> Jets, that brings us to the end of this podcast, yep. my friend. How have you enjoyed it? Absolutely loved it. Need to be back. I would like mm. you back. If you would like to be involved in this regularly, yeah. I know the watchers and listeners of this show will have you back. Yeah, yeah. Would you like to be back? 100%. I'll have you Get back. me on board. Jet Boy's yeah. actually given us a little bit of the serious Jets, which I was actually hoping for because we yeah, had some very serious good. questions. Yeah. But I thought I'd get, swing both ways. If we, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I've seen that too. Now, if we, if, we, if we bring the jovial Jets back next time, I do believe that this podcast could be injected with some humour. Mm. Still, still very good. Um, it's been fun. Yep. 
you know where to find us on social media or would you like to be reminded? Just, yeah, flick me in. Back chat. Write it on a pen and paper back and chat. mail it. Back chat, <laughs> underscore, um, underscore, double underscore. If you want to get in contact with Jets, he'll probably be on a new mobile number by tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> Actually, you can email yes. us. Hello <laughs> at backchatpodcast.com.au. You can be on a website, backchatpodcast.com.au. Reddit, that going okay still? Yeah, bloody loving it. Oh, Sign up to YouTube. Podcast. Become a patron. I can't do it. Become a patron on Patreon. Yep. Support the podcast. We love you. Thanks to Whippersnapper. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks, Kat. Almost your bedtime. <laughs> Bye-bye. Laters. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.